radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Now out and he intercepts it. Eric Pass moves in, looks for Smith to the slot. Ryan Smith to the net scores! Monday, November 11th, 2019. This is Laced Up, a hockey podcast. I'm James Cole. I don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't write about anything. Mm-hmm. I just do this podcast with you. And uh, I like some shit on Twitter. And that's about it. I guess now I'm of Twitter, kind of. Is that new? Yeah, but that, that was your stick last year. You know, season oh, okay. one of Twitter. Well, for part of it, yeah. 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 So maybe now that's my thing. Maybe okay. I'm the of Twitter guy. Sure. Who are you? I'm Bruce Vitaglia from the North Side. I write for a website. They cover various Toronto sports things. Hmm. The good good guys. Okay. There yeah. you go. The the GTHL. Nah, not there yet. Mm. No. Okay. No. We're still working on uh, still working on expanding our Toronto news. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's coming along, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah. How was your uh, How was your weekend? I had a good weekend. I had good a good weekend. weekend. I uh, I went out. Well, we we went out on Friday night. Uh, got good and pissed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my one friend got too drunk and tried to fight my other friends after you guys left. Oh, so wonderful. That was good. I fell asleep at the table. You did. Yeah, that was good too. I did not know that. Yeah, your, uh, your girlfriend had a good time. She had some photos of me asleep at the table. Yep. Like, like, oh, just. Yeah. Oh yeah, we had oh, a lot of fun. Good. I'm we had glad. a good time, yeah. Me, me and her bonded while you, while you were sleeping there. <sighs> yeah, that, uh, snuck up on me for sure. Snoozy. Yeah, well, 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 whatever. Long day. Uh, was it? <laughs> did you did you have a long day, though? Uh, I was up early, I guess. I don't you know. You started drinking. What, what What time did you start drinking? Like Right after lunch. Oh, my. Yeah, see, yeah. that's that's always... I find it fun when we go out is because, like, normally you're off all day. Yeah. Because you generally work evenings. So if you're off the evening, you usually didn't work during the day. And I uh, am the opposite. And I generally work days. So when we meet up and I start drinking at 6, I forget that you've probably had like five beers mm. by then. Yeah, no, that's fair. You know what I mean? I forget yeah. to factor that in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is James so drunk after like two beers? And it's because it's like seven beers instead of You're not wrong. Five. Yeah. Yeah. Beer math. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was a good time. We uh, went out and caught the uh, Lakehead Thunderwolves game. Lakehead Thunderwolves. Big, yeah. Big, big they w, won. Big W for the yeah, whole team. Yeah, they won. That yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I don't remember who scored the winner because I had uh, four beers at the game. Wasn't it uh, uh, Kuchek? Was that Kuz Kuzchek? Kuzman? Kuz Kuchek? Okay, I'll he's take pretty good. I thought uh, Schustel had it, but I, I don't think it was Schustel. But okay. I think it was Kuchek. It might have been Schustel, but if, either way, 
if you don't know who these players are, we don't blame you. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I've been going a lot more of those this year. Well, I bought a jersey, so I'm going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was, uh, yeah. Well, that it does explain. Uh, seven beers. That does, yeah. Yeah. That does explain now why you bought that, because you were one several of, beers deep. One thing that I'll never forget, uh, possibly until the day I die. Dexter Kuzchek. Kuzchek. Um, is my father taunting the goaltender mm-hmm. um, after we took the uh, the late lead. Yep, uh, that was pretty cool. That was yeah, not bad. Jimbo getting into the action there for sure. So yep, that was that was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah, good weekend and a and a and a solemn remembrance day to all. Yeah, I was gonna mention that because we were talking about how we uh, we didn't really have anything non hockey to talk about, but I guess it is Remembrance Day today, mm-hmm. technically when this podcast comes out. Um, you have a bit more of a personal connection to, to Remembrance Day than I do, I would say. Um, because none of my immediate family, uh, was involved in the war or the military at any capacity. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I guess I had the advantage of, you know, uh, uh a grandfather who had a, uh, a, a late in life child who happened to be my father. So for most of the people my age, uh, their grandfathers, maybe just, you know, maybe a little too young mm-hmm. to have served. And, uh, I know some people have great grandparents that fought in the war, but, uh, yeah, my my grandfather served uh, overseas, and uh, um, while his his action was not anything to write home about, uh, it was still uh, still worth remembering. It's it's you know you, you never take for granted what anyone did over there, and everyone played their part. And what do you mean by nothing to write home about? Well, it's not like he was out there, you know, on the front lines getting shot at. Well, or, well, well, you know, what he, was he? A cook? He, That's he, important. He, he drove too. a truck. Okay, that, well, he, someone's you know, got to drive. Yeah, someone's got to drive. You yeah. know, and. I'm not going to sit here and say he didn't break a few trucks, because uh, he definitely broke a few trucks. It sounds like he wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> may, may he rest in peace, I might add. But. Yeah. Um, ah, no, but that's cool. It's, no, it, it's uh, definitely it's, like yeah, I remember. I remember the few stories he did have and uh, cherish those. And uh, something I always think about when uh, we get to this time of year and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gonna go tomorrow with uh, with my grandmother, Grandma, his, yeah. his wife, and nice. uh, and uh, be, where be at where the service. where do you go? Because there are there are I, two I multiple. Uh, is there only two? I thought there was more. There might be more. I only okay. know of two. Well, I'm sure that there's like many small ones. Yeah, um, like I'm sure a lot of people's work mm-hmm. will do a little thing, but like you know, public open to the public. I, feel, I thought yeah. there was more than two. I know. I know that the uh, LU does one, and they do one at City Hall. Then I guess or. I, I know that the uh, the naval base up in Port Arthur does yeah, one, yeah, and then I'm going to the gardens where they have a, a ceremony. At the oh gardens. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So that's usually where you go. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, not it's out of town, right? And, yeah, because uh, yeah, again, LU's is is not that big. I guess it's it's nice if you're already there. Mm-hmm. But. Definitely. So yeah, um, if you're listening to this and it's uh, still time in the day, uh, take a second and uh, you know uh, just. Think about those that we uh, we have that that served and and uh, the sacrifices they made and uh, yeah and then we'll talk about some hockey mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode. Yeah, definitely. If you're one of the the people who does get to this on Monday morning as soon as it's released, uh, stop listening to us for a couple minutes and uh, take a couple moments yeah, of silence there. Down there, find uh, a little little pause button and you know, yeah, uh, just your little we'll pause be here button when you get back. On, uh, on I'm sure. Like, I know for a fact that Spotify and Apple Podcasts players have a pause button. I am not sure if Portugal Radios does yet. Hmm. 
I don't know if they haven't haven't used their technology. I don't know if they have Remember Stay in Portugal, so maybe that's not a problem. <laughs> Didn't fight. Not a big war combatant, the Portuguese. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, fun fact: we are Portugal's uh, number three hockey podcast. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> We gotta step it up. Oh uh, no, no, there's a lot. Everyone's got a hockey podcast. That's pretty good. That's like, you know, maybe uh, thirty-one thoughts would be ahead of us. What would what would it be in what would that be in 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 <laughs> Google Translate that one? You keep talking. I am speechless. I am without speech. Uh, thirty-one thoughts in Portuguese, but I want to know how to say thirty-one thoughts. Ah, guess. you guys, you guys know how to use Google at home. Yeah, you can figure it out. Yeah, um, yeah. So, okay, Remembrance Day. What's what else is new? How was how was the rest of your weekend? Anything anything else exciting happen? Ah, my sister came to town. Right, she's gone now. She leaves tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Yeah, nice to see her. She never makes it home for the big holidays. Sure. So she, yeah. uh, you know, seniority. Everyone wants Christmas. Everyone wants Thanksgiving. Nobody wants the first week in November for some reason. Yeah. Who'd have guessed? I keep thinking it's later than in November than it already is. This has been a long month already. Apparently. Ten days in, I am I am done with November. Yeah. I am ready for December. Sure. Well let's uh, get let's get going here. Yeah. Let's, let's get a move on. Yeah. Like I keep I, uh, thinking Black Friday's like this Friday. And yeah. it's it's like November tenth right now. Like we got lots of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh we can do without the rest of this month for sure. Mm-hmm. So, where would you rank November in in the grand scheme of the months? Like, I'm sure it's in your bottom half, but is it is it is it? Because, like, I think we can all agree January's the worst month, right? Right? Yeah. January's the worst month. Probably. It's it's super cold. Christmas passed, which is the only exciting thing that happens all winter. Other than maybe like the Super Bowl, if you're a I football fan, I might be inclined fan. to say March. Yeah, well, what's so bad about March though? What's in March? Well, uh, hockey at, season's at you, getting at least really you get ramped like up. New Year's Day and World Junior oh, Championships. St. Patrick's Day, buddy. You're a big oh, drinker. That's true. Yeah, I go to Winnipeg Oof. every March. I love March. Okay. Yeah, I'll meet you there. But I'm willing to concede that March is not like the best month. Yeah, it's it's just like there. I'm. I'm fine with March though. I think January's the worst. I think. November might be number three. I think February is also worse. February is nice though because it's short. It gets, it, it knows its role. It gets in and gets out. It fucks off in twenty eight days. Yeah, yeah. The nice thing about November is you got at least the anticipation of Christmas a little bit. And but what I mean by that is I know you're not a big Christmas guy, but what Christmas means is uh, a lot of drinking, hmm. like a, a lot more than average. And I, f- for me, yeah, hmm. yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't go out five days a week during the year because then I would be labeled an alcoholic. Uh, so I I try to limit it to to two at the very most. But uh, if you yeah, would have if uh, you would have asked like ten year old James uh, that this same question, mm-hmm. I think November would have been pretty high birthday month after all. Yeah. Um, yeah, t- twenty eight doesn't have quite the same nah, sort of sparkle to it. Not does really. It? Not really. My day came and went, and I realized that. I, w- I went. I went to bed on the night of my birthday, and I woke up the next day and thought, "Huh, I didn't see any of my family yesterday." Just the way the day worked out. Didn't didn't see anybody. My dad comes home Thursday night. He's like, "Oh, happy birthday!" Like, oh yeah, thanks. Guess I didn't see you. Yeah, nice. I don't know. November's not great. 
Yeah. Not ideal. Starting to get cold. I'm freezing. So. Yeah, there, we got snow now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No. Okay. You know what else isn't great? Yeah, what? What's that? Don Cherry. Mm. Where does he rank among the, mon- among the months? Pretty, pretty low. Pretty, pretty low. Yeah. Not, How many uh, times have we talked about this guy? I don't know. It's getting pretty know. old. I've been beating this drum for He's years. He's getting pretty old. I've been beating this drum for years, man. Like, I, I, I was over this guy, like, 12 years ago. Like, I think around 2007, I'm like, okay. I, I've kind of had enough here. And I kept watching, but I'm like, yeah, this is really starting to fade now. And then I tried telling all my friends, like, seven years ago, that Don Cherry is the worst. And needs to be taken off television to salvage what is left of his legacy. And, uh, it's gone now. He, he, he's, he's lost it as far as I'm concerned. All the, the, the legacy doesn't matter to me anymore. Mm. When I'm talking about this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there was definitely a point where I, I could have been okay with this guy. Like, as a builder in the Hall of Fame or something. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I... I look back on on his where he's come and where he's at right now and and whether or not he has a job come tomorrow. Um, I, I yeah, we'll get there. In I a minute. I I think highly of what he's done for the game because I think when he came in and how he came into the sport was obviously a very different time, and I think he was a popular figure. Like he, you know, he resonated with a lot of people. He connected with a lot of people, mm-hmm. and then the game grew and the game changed and we learned some things we didn't know and you know the the style of play changed and Don Cherry just stayed the same Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's Don Cherry's fault I don't know if a man that's in his 70s late late 70s early 80s now well he's mid 80s now but you know at the time when the game was changing you know I was gonna say do you think Don Cherry's like (laughs) 66 or something yeah but when when the game was changing, like, I I don't know if you can expect a guy like that to change, and I'm not gonna lie to you. I I agree with you. Well, continue. I I do agree with that. Okay, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. He's 85. I put a lot of this blame on Rogers. Oh, 100. percent That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like that. This it. This is. This is a drum that everyone's been beating more and more over the years, and the more informed, especially like the analytics community, a.k.a. the younger people in hockey, have sort of, you know, boycotted Don Cherry for a while. Not all the time because of this, these side issues that have become more prevalent in the last few years, but more so because he just doesn't offer anything of substance anymore. He, he talks about the same two, three things every fucking episode, which is how everyone, uh, how all these players dress, uh, who blocks the most shots and gets hurt the most, and then uh, who's the idiot that left their stick in the lane and the puck went in the net. And he talks about the same three fucking things, and then around this time of year he gives a shout out to the troops, which is nice. That That's it. Like that's uh, Every episode has been the same for fucking 25 years. Yeah. Uh, and every once every two months, he'll have one interesting little bit, and that's it. And it's usually so, either really bang on or wildly inappropriate. Yeah, it used and to be bang on. I haven't getting more and more inappropriate. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't agreed 
with anything he's said. I mean, like, I'll, I'll agree with about 1% of his rant in the sense that, yeah, I wish I saw more people wearing poppies. But I don't, I, I don't hold it against anyone if they don't wear a poppy either. Like, I've gone days in the last week where I didn't wear it because it's on my one jacket that I didn't wear and I forgot to grab it in the morning. You know, that just, that happens. Mm-hmm. And I need to make more of an effort. But whatever, you know. But to go as far as he did, like, it's it's obviously insane. Like, it's ridiculous what he said. I don't know, like, do you, did you, because I don't know if you said, do you want to maybe read the transcript of the comments so that way people who haven't heard it are aware? I didn't see it live. Um, I kind of got my information secondhand from Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'll see if I can pull up the exact quote here. All right. So, yeah, Saturday night during the first period of the Leaf game between uh, Toronto and uh, Philadelphia, uh, during the regular Coach's Corner segment, uh, he finishes his hockey rant and he goes on to uh, uh, this this really weird kind of stance about the poppy. Um, he says, I live in Mississauga where nobody wears one. Okay. So far, not really an issue. Downtown Toronto, forget it. Nobody wears a poppy. Again, still not really bad. I'm not really sure where he's going at this point, but okay. You haven't lost me yet. Then he says, You people love that come here, whatever it is. You love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. Like, what the fuck? At least you can pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that. These guys paid for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. That, that was the exact quote from Don Cherry um, on Hockey Night in Canada. Now, I'm not going to say that everything that he said was inaccurate. There's some accuracy here. A lot of people died in the war. It's true. A lot of people paid a big sacrifice so that other people could have a good life. He's not wrong there. Uh, he's pointing out that no people don't wear it. That's also true. Some people just don't wear a poppy. I don't remember there being an, like a, a mandatory obligation, though, to wear a poppy. No, and I'm not even saying that he's wrong to be upset about people not wearing them. Sure. Like, I, I think if people want to be upset about little things in life, they can go right ahead. Well, it rubs me the wrong way, you depending know, on, sure. you know, the circumstances. And, Fair you know, i got to bug my girlfriend a couple Well, you'd just like, days to, you'd like and... to see more of it. Like, sure. Like, I get it. Definitely. Like, that's the one little part about this where I'm like, okay, you, that part is not wrong. Definitely. Uh, everything else about what you said is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. You people. Which? You people. What the, f- like, by the way, the other thing he's right about, we do have good milk and honey in Canada. Real good honey. Do we? we have good, I don't know. I, I don't guess. Know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, uh, I've never met a beekeeper. So I, uh, I don't know. I can't say I've ever had milk in the States or any other country for that matter. So Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll follow this up by saying that at, at this time, uh, Roger Sportsnet has released an apology. Uh, Ron McLean has issued an apology. Don Cherry... Uh, does not appear that he will be doing so. Uh, on Sunday, he was reported as, as saying, "I have had my say," and uh, that was that was all he had to say to reporters when uh, asked about his comments the night before. 
So we, I think you and I at least, agree here that uh, it's time for this guy to go. Um, yeah, it's I mean, long overdue. I, 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 if if anyone wants to go back and listen to the one hundred and something hours of podcasts that we've done. Uh, I have said on at least 10 occasions that I want him gone mm. um, because I find it inconvenient to turn off the broadcast for eight minutes because I can't watch it. I don't watch it anymore. I can't even deal with it. Like, it's horrible. It's yeah. it's it's horrendous because the thing is, and when I do watch it, I find he says something kind of like this every week. Like, he, he says sure. something incredibly offensive every time I watch it, and I feel like no one catches it, maybe. Uh, this would be the worst thing he said, but, you know, I'll, I'll this look. is in a fucking sea of other comments. Like, th- this is just one fish. Sure. I'll admit this much to you. Um, I couldn't tell you the last time I was upset with Don Cherry, but sure. that's only because I've stopped watching Don Cherry. I don't remember what it was. He said something last week that I thought he was going to get yeah. in this much shit, and he didn't. And I don't remember what it was because it was it was a rare week where I was I just watched it. And but. and and like, bless you for actually sticking through and watching it because I, I well I didn't watch the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, even, I don't watch I don't all eight minutes. Pay attention anymore. No, like, it's I'm, bad. I'm, I'm usually turning the first period off before the first period's over. That's how much I get out of the way of that. Yeah. Uh, if we happen to be out somewhere, that might be the only reason I, I ever well, see, see Don Cherry. The the one smart thing, uh, the only smart thing that Sportsnet has ever done to help control the Don Cherry situation is uh, they 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 run the intro and then there's a commercial in between and then they run the intro again. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that? Yeah. Like it's a double intro, so it reminds you for about thirty seconds that it's like, "Hey, oh, hey, no. he's gonna say some stuff. You're gonna want to turn this off. Hey, turn the channel." Yeah, I don't know, man. Like this has been a long time fucking coming. Um, good on everyone, I think, for reacting the way that they did because I think, um, uh, you know, I think Ron McLean even referenced it in his apology that if people weren't as outraged about it, I'm not so sure that anything would have come of it because as i just said he says shit like this all the time uh and people just kind of happen to catch the one where he was a little more you know fucking intolerant than normal mm-hmm. um but uh he is constantly a, a bigot he's constantly xenophobic he he, he is constantly controversial in not the way that we want him to be you know Mm. the reason he was on tv initially was to give his hot takes about hockey and that's all we ever wanted and over the last 10 15 years it's been more about the football longer than that it's been more about you know i don't like this guy because he's russian i don't like this guy uh because you know he, he plays like a nancy boy like what is this shit that we're watching here you know what i mean uh we want him to be Brian Burke, and at the end of the day, he is not Brian Burke. He is turned into a raisined old version of himself. Do do we want Brian Burke? Well, at least Brian, but at least Brian Burke like just says hockey stuff. You know, he doesn't go yeah. on there and be like, "I don't like this guy. He's fucking Russian." Like you know, he doesn't he doesn't say shit like that. Yeah, I guess he so. just like if he gives us hockey hot takes, I don't agree with a lot of them, but at least they're yeah, they're at least they're hockey related. All right. You know, that's fair. I yeah. guess, yeah. I, I just think we could use uh, 
uh, a league with with no white old men over the age of fifty. That that'd be my ideal uh, uh, setup, I think. But, but that's the other thing too. Like I think that adds to the problem too, though. Like you, you know, you can't just go saying you don't want old people on TV. Like you know, there are old, there are smarter old people. Like I think I think Ron McLean is still fine. You know, and I'm not excusing him for what happened last night. But my sort of take on Ron McLean is that Ron McLean for 40 years has uh, yelled at Don Cherry for eight minutes a night uh, every Saturday night about them not having time. And as soon as Ron McLean cuts off that fucking rant, like, I don't know what would have gone down. I honestly do think in that moment that the best thing for Ron McLean kind of was to not say too much. I would have said something, but you know, the thumbs up was unnecessary is kind of what I'm getting at. Because mm-hmm. he kind of seemed in the moment to be supporting him. On the other hand, like, even if he had recognized in that moment what Don Jerry was actually saying, because I don't even think Ron really listens to Don. I gotta be honest with you, too. Maybe I'm giving Ron McLean too much of a free pass here, but I gotta tell you, I really don't think he pays attention all the time. Because if Ron McLean said what he really thought to Don Cherry on the air, uh, it would get a lot uglier than it does. Because back in the day, when Don could think for himself and kind of control the shit that came out of his mouth, they would get into massive arguments on the air. Now this guy has literally no filter, no fucking recognition for what he's saying anymore. Like, the old man's lost it, man. The marbles are fucking gone. He's not a few pieces short of a puzzle. He lost the whole fucking box of pieces. It's gone. He's fucked, man. So we gotta like this guy's gotta go. I've had enough of it. Now I think Ron McLean is kinda over this too, but he kinda just does it. If you're Sportsnet, and I'm not I don't wanna say I'm going one way or the other here. I wish I was Sportsnet. They got a lot of money. True. I could use some of that. Yeah. Um Scorchuni. If I'm Sportsnet, do <laughs> I wanna me, be the guy that Give me some of that sport sportsnet milk and honey. Right. Hey? Do I wanna be the guy that fires Don Cherry? Because I think I think their plan. Was I mean, I him. do. Yeah. I think their plan <laughs> was always it. for him to just kind of fade off from the. Your contract's over, Don. Just fade off. From here, the here's my 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 open letter to Sportsnet. Here is if you're looking for a guy to fire Don Cherry. If you had you ever seen the the Seinfeld episode where they get Kramer to fire Raquel Welsh because she's too crazy and no one wants to do it because they're afraid that she's going to like lose her mind and stuff like that. I'll, I'll be your Kramer. I'll be your Kramer. I'll go in. I'll fire Raquel Welsh. I'll deal with the consequences. Let me do it. I would love to do it. Let me do it. All right. I'll go in and fire him. Okay. For sure. Um, to answer your question. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but at the end of the day, you know, because I, I think there's my, still a lot of people that like, have value like maybe wrongly but i think there's a generation ahead of us that's still tuning every week just to watch this guy sure and if you fire him are you alienating you know a, a third of your viewership maybe. but i but i think that's the right thing to do because if the people who watch him every week are the people who also say that these people come to our country and steal our milk and honey and don't wear fucking poppies and contribute nothing to the country yeah i don't want them watching the hockey broadcasts either Okay. I don't want those people watching my fucking broadcasts. I don't want them coming to my games. I, I don't think we, like, we don't need those people. And as I said last week, uh, those people are not going to be watching as much hockey in about 10 years if you catch my fucking drift. Definitely. So, I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but 
I think it's up to Sportsnet to stand behind their product because to me at the end of the day this is just as much Sportsnet's fault as it is Don Cherry's uh, and whoever is in charge of their personnel the people that actually make the decisions the people that keep him on air uh, should have just as much trouble sleeping at night as Don Cherry should hmm. because it's just as much their fault yeah no I, I I'm gonna we say saw I, this coming yeah is I'm, all I'm, I'm saying I'm gonna say I I, I agree I I do wonder what the consequences might be if, if you fire a guy like that. He'll be back next week. No, he will be. I'm just saying That's in the, disgusting in the big, part in the big hypothetical, it. you know, if you were to fire him. And here like the like, the hard part for me too is tonight, like like I didn't I didn't watch a Leaf game because I I don't wanna tune into Sportsnet right now. Am I gonna stop watching hockey because Sportsnet's the one covering the fucking games? I'm not gonna go out of my way to look for a new way to watch these games, but I'm not gonna lie to you, like I'm probably going to turn it off during all the intermissions from now on i've kind of had it with that fucking network um but i live in thunder bay and my only option to watch these fucking games that are on sportsnet is to watch them on sportsnet Hmm. i don't get an nbc feed most of the time i don't get a you know what i mean fox sports one feed when you go on the nhl app you know you you can't watch them because they're blacked out on either feed so what am I going to do? Wait till the next day to watch it and only watch the NBC feed? Like, like I'm not, I'm not going to put that much effort into it. But if I had the option to watch the game on another network, I don't think I'd ever fucking watch Sportsnet stuff again. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. No. Just like I said, I, I'm I'm Fuck curious em. about the bigger picture here about the, uh, you know, the consequences that this might bring about for the network, more so than the consequences for Don Cherry. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Well, I'm not worried about that old man. I really don't care about right. his fucking whatever. Um, but I am a little annoyed that you know there are like ten year old kids that maybe have some of their parents telling them that this guy's the best and watched that the other night and heard what he said the other night and mm-hmm. I don't know. We're trying to grow the game, we're trying to move ahead here, and and what are we really doing? We're we're talking about how we don't want to pay women hockey players and. And we got all these people living in this country that don't wear fucking poppies and they should go back where they came from. Like, what What are we doing here? You know, this isn't good for the game. This is horrible for the game. And It's it's not even the game. That's what I mean. That's... But this is, your, this is your spokesperson for hockey in Canada in a way, right? Right. Like, you know, that's what, that's what everyone has decided to build them up to over the years. And rightly or wrongly... Oh, there was a point in time where we would have elected this guy Prime Minister probably. Yeah, in 2003, when I was a kid, I liked Don Cherry, because I think there was still some sanity there. Even at that time, though, you know, we kind of knew, we're like, yeah, this guy's kind of fucked, but, like, he never said stuff quite like this, Hmm. and it's just gone off the rails in the last ten years, and Mm -hmm. I've kind of had it with him. Yeah. Not kind of, I've I've had it. So. And, And probably rightfully so, um... Uh, the game, as you mentioned, we're trying to grow it. It's it's trying to, you know, grow beyond the borders that it has and, and become a bigger product, more international product. And uh, this is certainly not the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it were up to me, all 82 games uh, for the Leafs would be on TSN. Because I find their intermissions annoying, but for way more tolerable reasons. That's fair. Yeah, I, I do love Which Leaf O'Dowd. has been the best Leaf this season through a month and ten days? Has it been eight? Mitch Marner, B. Mitch Marner, C. Austin Matthews, or D. Mitch Marner. We asked our uh, panel which Jeff O'Neill suit they'd prefer to wear if they had to wear one. 
Bob McKenzie's in the corner just flipping his pen like Dave Hodge on Cognate in Canada. Which which Leaf scored the best goal in 2006? Was it Jeff O'Neill, Jason Allison, or Eric Lindros? And O'Neill's just sitting there. Well, this is a stupid question. It obviously wasn't mine. Uh, <laughs> trying to throw him a bone. He's like, well, my goal was terrible. Like, what are we talking about here? One way... Uh, that the NHL is trying to grow the game internationally is by going overseas oh. and playing a global oh. series, um, which they did oh. uh, for the second time this year. Uh, they went to Sweden. We had a couple uh, weekend See, games. I was looking forward to having a rant this week about how this is the worst way to grow the game, and then that idiot had to open his mouth the other night, and now I can't say that going to Sweden is the worst way to grow the game. You don't like this? I, I, It's fine. Whatever. But like my, my annoyance was that I didn't know about it, I had never heard this mentioned that they were going to Sweden. I know that they go every year, but I don't know why I thought a team had already played in Europe this year. They have. Yeah. This is the, they've been doing two series. Oh, they've normally been doing two. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But so I wrote it off and thought that there were no more. Hmm. Uh, and the one day, uh, all season that I didn't check my lineup in the morning, uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, I left 14 points on my bench on, uh, on yeah, Friday. That'll, that'll get you for sure. Those those matinee games I'm gonna, in Europe. I'm going to beat Brody by about 100 points this week. So it actually didn't uh, didn't end up affecting anything. Oh, good. I was a little annoyed. I was worried. At the time. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. I also, because uh, of position availability, I had to leave Ryan Nugent Hopkins on my bench tonight. And uh, last I checked, uh, he had two goals and an assist for about 23 points on my bench. Well, that's Again, not that I need them right a, now. Not, but, certainly not a way to manage your, uh, yeah, manage not, your bench. Not, not good. No. Not good. Uh, so, yeah. The NHL went to Sweden. Did you watch any of the games? No. No? No. Yeah. What were the scores of the games? I'm going to guess uh, Tampa won 4-2 and Buffalo won 4-2. Which day is which? I'm gonna, I think Tampa won Friday and Buffalo won Saturday. All right. I don't know. I, I don't even know. I'm just taking a shot in the dark. So here. the Lightning beat Buffalo yesterday 5-3. Okay. And on Friday, uh, the Lightning beat the Sabres 3-2. Okay. I was close on that so, one. Kevin Shattenkirk had a sweep point. for the Lightning. Oh, good for them. Yeah. They need to... They needed that. Yeah. They need to get their so. shit together real soon, because that division's yeah. uh, looking real strong. You know what's wild about the Leafs? Is that they're like sixth in the NHL? Yeah, and I feel like the world's crashing down right now around this team. Like this team's just a hot mess every night. It feels like, but yeah, the thing know. the thing is is that they're so good that even when they play bad, sometimes they're just gonna win games. You know, like that's the fucked up thing. Yeah, uh, this isn't Freddie, like they have uh, been playing like garbage lately, and they're just winning these games somehow. Freddie Anderson's like three zero and one in November with a, a nine fifty five save percentage, or something ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's it's wild how that guy just flips the switch. It's like Halloween I know, ends, it's crazy. and November first comes, and he's like, "All right, it's hockey time. I gotta play hockey now. It's time to be a goalie," and he just does it without without fail every year. And it's always something with the Leafs, right? Like tonight they have Hutchinson in net. He has a bad night. The uh, the Leafs lost 5-4, and they got 57 shots. Yeah. Like they <laughs> didn't know down, that. They were down 3 nothing in the didn't, first didn't, eight minutes. Yeah, didn't know that those were the shots. We may as well mention it now since we got the Leafs on the topic here. Uh, Mitch Marner out for a month. Oh, yeah. D- sorry, do you like going to Sweden? Do you like that thing? Yeah, uh, I do. Um, I, I, think, I it's, think it's cool. It's, it's good. 
Um, like, like the thing, the thing for me about it is the whole reason that they go supposedly is to grow the game. I don't think it grows it as much as maybe we make it out to grow it, but I still think it's a nice gesture to bring the games over there, get that eight-year-old kid in the rink that wouldn't otherwise have a, a way to see Rasmus Dalian in his life short of going to fucking, you know, the USA to watch him play or unless Sweden hosts an Olympics and the NHL actually goes in the next 15 years, which we'll talk about later. Uh, super bleak on that possibility. Like, you know what I mean? This 8-year-old kid's best chance to see Rasmus Dallin otherwise is on TV, or if the family wants to plan a trip to Buffalo, uh, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, so yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's good. I think, I think the amount of people that these that this actually impacts is a lot smaller than I think that they think it probably is. But the difference that you make in the lives of these people, I think is huge because people are going to remember that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's the same thing as if, you know, you were a huge soccer fan over here and fucking Manchester United and Tottenham decided that they were going to play a game at Rogers center in, in Toronto. You know what I mean? Like if you're an eight year old kid and you're a big soccer fan, you're going to remember that. For the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I remember the St. Louis Blues and the Florida Panthers had their prospect camp here one time. Not even the NHL teams. Prospect camp. And I, to this day, remember going to that every single day. Jay McClement and Stephen Weiss were among the players there. And I always loved those players once they were in the NHL. Because I'm like, yeah, I, I fucking met those guys when mm -hmm. I was 8 years old. Yeah, Stephen Weiss, great guy. Um, here, Here's my, my pro and my con for the Sweden, any of the Europe series. Um, and this kind of ties in a little bit to our next point as well. I'll, I'll mention that off the hop. Uh, the, the pro here is that I think without a doubt, um, you, you're going to a place where you're, I mean, let, let's face it, you're probably going to fill the building out both games, mm -hmm. which is probably more than you can say about a, a Buffalo Sabres game, maybe even a Tempe Lightning game. I don't know if either of those places are necessarily selling out uh, in, in November you know, of, of the season. It's, it's, it's worth the argument. Um, so I, I think you're going to a place where you know you're going to have a good fan, you're going to have a good turnout. These people don't get this opportunity very often. It's a novelty factor, right? Uh, this is uh, this is you two on on their tour, and, and oh, they're coming to your city. I'm going to go see you too, right? Um, the other thing about it, real hip reference there in terms of the artists. Um, I'm sure our millennials really love you uh, too. Yeah, check out the Joshua Tree. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I, I like about it too is is that. We talk about like all these guys coming home, Rasmus Dahlin, Victor Hedman, uh, playing on their home on their home uh, country. Uh, you got guys, legends like you know uh, Cronwall coming out to drop the first opening puck and everything like that. But this is Europe, so for every you know Sweden fan growing up watching their Dahlins and their Hedmans, you've probably also got people traveling from Finland and Germany and the Czech. Because it's close enough, you yeah. can you can hop on a train for thirty bucks, spend the night in Sweden, and watch uh, an NHL game. Euros, sure, thirty or, euros or rubles potentially. Ah, yeah, das comment. Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's a, a wide market there of people. You're not you're not just saying I'm going to Buffalo and playing a game of Buffalo. How many countries do they use euros in? I think most. I, yeah. I think like Great Britain's pound is like one of the few that is still outside yeah, the realm. Yeah. yeah. Because I was just trying to think of it. I can't really think of, like, a, a, lot, of, a lot of is, countries. Yeah. The franc's gone. The franc's gone. Uh, I imagine the Russians still have their own currency because they're, you know... Rubles, man. Communists. 
<laughs> my my knowledge of Russia is predates like 1970. Like I don't okay. know, I don't know anything about what's going on there. I think they're still called Prussia. Okay. Well, the the union broke up. Just so you know, uh, the wall came the down. The wall. The wall. Yeah. How's the wall doing? Yeah, not too good. The, but iron, the iron curtain's not doing so hot. No, jeez. Yeah. Tough times. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That's that's my, that's my pro. That's what I like about the series. Here's what I don't like about the series, and this this directly uh, kind of works into my next point about how uh, Gary Bettman feels about the Olympics, is that um, this is kind yeah. of a big, like, yeah. two weeks off for both these teams yeah. in the middle of the season. Now we've got these wacky schedules going on. You know what I thought, too? Like, I was initially worried last year. I, I had, like, three Jets in fantasy hockey, and I dropped one of them. Uh, when they went on their Europe trip, because I'm like, fuck, I feel like, you know, A, I'm only going to have this guy for, like, one game or two games over the next, like, week and a half. And B, I bet you both teams are going to slide when they come back. And Winnipeg, like, won, like, four or five after they got back from Europe last Mm -hmm. year. Like, they were good. But, you know, I wouldn't fault a team for being garbage coming back from it. Now, I think the one in November is a little better, because opening up the season in Europe, I think, is way more of a like a bad idea because who was over there this year it was was it Edmonton New Jersey or was that last year well I was looking that up right as you asked yeah um, I can't remember who it was this year but I think it's way more of a poor idea uh to open the season there and you know unfortunately I don't think the teams have a lot of say whereas in uh in the NFL, they do have a little bit more of a say. Like, there's more of a set reason why you're going than in the NHL. It's just going to be, well, the game's in Sweden. Let's pick two teams with a real good Swedish player on it, you know? It was uh, Chicago and Philadelphia, for the record. I, in the Czech. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. in the Czech, right. Yeah, for a Czech the, and, uh, yeah. That we, okay. had, we had the the whole sounds like a soccer player uh, comment that was during that tournament. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I, I just don't love how this just kind of springs up and it's like, hey, why aren't the Lightning playing this week? Oh, because they're traveling across the pond to play two games. Oh, so they'll be back after that. No, they're going to take another week off after that. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So is that their bye week? No, 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 they get a bye week too later in February. Yeah. And you want to bitch about the Olympics. And then they have to cram 82 games into, like, a week and a half less than every other team because they exactly. have to have the week. Like, they, like there's no way that... You know, they have to give them that time off afterwards. Like, they absolutely have to. But it's like... it. I, I get what you're saying. Like, it does disrupt the season sure. quite a bit. Just make it the bye week is, is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. You can do that. You don't have to y- not yeah. make it the bye week. What's the difference? There's no there's no rule saying it'll, it has it'll to be less restful. But I don't. Yeah, like I don't. I agree with you. Like I don't think that. You know. Yeah. They they couldn't not do it. Sure. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's an easy way to kind of handle that. I think. But regardless, uh, that's kind of where I come down on it. I, I like what it does for the people living in Sweden. It's for the people. You're not wrong. Um, I don't like what it does to the you know behind the scenes stuff that goes on for the NHL. Would you care to guess? Which team in the NHL has the best attendance percentage? So, uh, the amount of available tickets, 100% would be filling the rink to capacity. Sure. And then you do have the option for standing room and your press boxes and whatnot. Okay. Uh, So, there are teams above 100%. 
but that generally means that they've sold out essentially every game mm-hmm. and gone over and above most right. of the games. Uh, this season, you mean? Yes. Uh, can I uh, narrow it down here? Uh, I'm going to go Eastern Conference. It is the Western Oh, Conference. okay. Then my guess is way off. I don't know. Um, the top three teams are in the West. Wow. Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the Oilers? No. Uh, I was looking for the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. have sold 126% of available tickets this year. Their only non-sellout this year was that game against Arizona last month. Which, I don't know, like, if there, was there a band in town or something? Like, <laughs> like why just the one night? I thought maybe, like, okay, maybe people are just less crazy about the Jets this year. And it's like, no, Come it's on. been a full-blown sellout every other night. Phil, the thrill the Jets fan was in the building. Like, let's go Phil's here. Phil's a Jets fan. Like... Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Vegas Golden Knights are two and three. The top Eastern Conference team in terms of attendance uh, is the Toronto Maple Leafs, yeah. as they do have standing room there. Uh, would you care to guess who has the worst percentage? It's by a significant margin. Eastern Conference. Oh, yeah. Atlantic Division. Yeah. Uh, there's down to two for me. I'm, I'm going to... Oof. I'm going to say Florida. It's the Ottawa Senators ah. at 58.6%. The next closest is the Islanders at 738 $6 for a ticket, man. The Panthers have 818 Wow. Uh, oh, good for them. They are their third lap. Well, it's still pretty bad. Well, um, higher than I would have thought. Tampa Bay is close to selling out every game. That's why. That's what sparked me. Uh, they are 994 I might add, though, that they have only played five games at home this year. So, <laughs> Yeah. That might contribute to the record. The Jets have played 10. The Jets. So, it's a, it's a reasonable sample size. Okay. Okay. What else you got? Uh, well, we, we kind of had the, the Olympics docked up here. Gary Bettman's comments sure. about how that... And I, I think that kind of ties into what I was saying about the uh, this disruption of the season. Here's my plan. We okay. kill the Batman. So, the, the Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Lord Councillorship... Gary Bettman. I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to huh? think of a creepy title for him. What? Um, huh? Mr. Bettman um, has decided that the Olympics are too disruptive to the NHL season. Mm-hmm. It's probably not a wrong statement, but I'll point out that a lot of things are disruptive to the NHL season. You know, like going to Europe. Like Don Cherry. Like Don Cherry. Um, you know, like the All-Star Game. Yeah. Or this World Cup that they like to do. Like, like, are you telling me that the All-Star Game is better for the NHL than the Olympics? Is it? Probably for them. For the NHL, definitely. But, I don't know that that's true. Oh, hands like, I th- down. I think the Olympics helps grow hockey a lot more. It does, but it's gonna... The All-Star Game doesn't do anything for the league. If, if anything, it... But it, it's it gives it a bad look. It's, I get it's that. Revenue. It's not that much, is it? It's more than the Olympics because they yeah, get nothing. True, but I don't know. Like I get it. Like I'm not. I'm not saying that he's wrong. Because uh, no, he's not wrong. It's here's, just a, it's just a shit argument. Here's the That's problem with Gary Bettman: is you know, you know why people hate him so much? Yeah, because he steals from children. Because he he kind of does a good job. He's kind of doing fine. He no, he he he's done well for the game. You know, he's done well like for the league. He's actually done okay. But he lies blatantly to the fans. 
I wish I wish people could like we got we gotta start doing video versions of the podcast so people can see me waving my head like Gary Batman does all condescending. We not- well, we can't go to Europe. It we doesn't have- make sense to let the players have a week and two weeks off. It's disruptive to the season. We're not going to move the Atlanta Thrashes two weeks later. Uh, Jets tickets go on sale. You would have to ask the ownership. I do not have a say in this. Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, you got to sign off on everything, Gary. But that that's my biggest gripe with this, is that if, if, if Gary Bittman wants to get up in front of the fans uh, in, in the middle of this, this Sweden series and say to us, say to the viewers, say to the media, we don't want to go to the Olympics because we make no money. They'll give us no money if we go to the Olympics, and some of our guys might get hurt, and we're going to get no money from the Olympics. I'd be like, you know what? You're damn right. Don't go. I get it. You're a business. I understand, Gary. Mm-hmm. But instead, he gets up there and says it's too disruptive. To the- well, like, come on. Like, yes, it's disruptive. But sure it is. no less than countless other things that you guys try to do with the league during the season. Like, you want to play an outdoor game? That's kind of disruptive. It might get cancelled because of weather. You don't know. You've been lucky. Right? They, they've had to push a few games back, time-wise. But there's a real possibility that one of these games is going to get cancelled. Yeah, that Heritage Classic was really late at night. If that didn't go as planned, they, I don't know what the hell they... Like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, 7 o'clock start for an outdoor game. Yeah. They got Why? one coming up in Texas. Actually, it was an 8 o'clock start. Things could go wrong in Texas. Whatever do you mean? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Brutes. There's not a lot of outdoor ice in Texas. Like, how is that going to work? Like, I, I can't well, wait they did to see it in that. LA. I guess. Yeah, they, they, they do have, like, an it was ice... It later in the winter no, in LA. No, January 1st. It was February. They didn't do Both a winter games? classic. It was a stadium series in LA. Both games? Yeah. Okay. They've never done a winter classic there. I thought, I thought one of the years was a... No, every winter classic is, uh, contrary to popular belief, been in Chicago, so... And somehow it features the Penguins <laughs> playing the Rangers in Chicago. Yeah, no one's yeah. noticed that. They play it at the same football stadium every time. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They did Wrigley Field once, I think, maybe. <laughs> We're at the point now where the Blackhawks can start counting a record, a win-loss record at Wrigley Stadium. Jesus yeah. Christ. Soldier it Field. What are, what are we doing at Soldier Field? Oh, my God. They won more games there than the Bears have. Okay, now hang on. Now we've got more wins at Wrigley Field than we have at... Wherever the hell the White Sox play. U.S. So, Cellular Field or whatever sure, it's called? Yeah, yeah there's no way they're having an outdoor game on the shitty side of Chicago. I hope not. You're right in the fucking heart of the... We'll move a team to Sweden before we play there. Um, I don't know. No teams are moving to Sweden. If it was up to me, and this is, this is, my, this is my opinion as a fan. Sure. After what happened with the Korean Olympics in Pyeongchang, and the Olympics coming up in China... Mm-hmm. I hope that the if, if the NHL decides that, yeah, we want to go because we see a market in China we want to tap into, I hope the IIHF just says no thanks. Hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You guys, I, like, I, I don't want the, I don't want to watch the NHL flip-flop year to year. Oh, where are you having it next time? Oh, hmm, Israel. Okay, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. You know, we'll get back to you. No, you're, you're either in or you're out. Clearly, you're out. You chose not to go to Korea. You don't get to four years late. You know, you don't get to just decide, hey, remember I was dating that girl four years ago? Yeah, I think we're going to start dating again. No, it's not up to you. It, you don't get to say, you had, you had your chance, you moved on, you missed it. Fuck that. Are you saying no one is allowed to go back and date someone they used to date? Ah, 
Not, uh, if, they're, who, not who, if they're not at their will. Who are you to? Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Well, but they do have a say in it. They have a say, but I hope the IIHF is smart enough. Okay. And they say no, thank you. I, uh, yeah. I don't need you. So it's more like Battleship, where you both have to turn your keys, like a submarine. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Sure. Seinfeld the, reference. The girl has to take you back. Yeah, what that's what I mean. Like they both yeah. have to turn their key. Sure. <laughs> I hope one key doesn't turn. Is what okay. I'm saying. Yeah, well, yeah, if the other person doesn't want to turn their key, then they don't have to turn the key. Yeah. You know? Uh, that That's my ideal situation. Get get that league out of there. Don't invite them back. Don't want them back. Uh, they can do their own thing. Don't disrupt their precious schedule. Uh, you don't you don't need to do that, double IHF. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you were fine in, in Pyeongchang. I watched more hockey in Pyeongchang, I think, than I did the Olympics before that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. So. I don't think I watched a game. That's right. Um, but... I will say this, like, on that note, um, I just don't tend to watch men's Olympic hockey, even when the NHL players are in it. I, I just, I actually don't, I'm a rare, I think, hockey fan that I don't give a fuck about the men's hockey at the Olympics, really. I will watch the men's, but, uh, you know, if there's a fucking speed skating race I want to watch, yeah, I'm probably going to watch that more. Because I don't watch that very often. I watch hockey all the time. I got two weeks here to watch speed skating. I'm going to fucking watch speed skating. Or skiing. Or all this other stuff. The women's hockey. Like, I don't watch women's hockey. I'm more interested in that than the men's hockey usually well, in a given year. It's Is it just a, a situation where you're not tuning in? Because I would have to imagine that the hockey is going to be on... You know, it, There's it's, different it, feeds, though. Is there, it's not like yeah. they don't have... Yeah, they, okay. well, they have to have more than one event running at a given time. Otherwise, the Olympics would take like three months. Well, I right. imagine that. I also imagine yeah. that they have more events running than they can possibly stream at one time. Sure. So I just assume that they... Yeah, but I'll just watch them. something different. Like, okay. It doesn't even really matter what it is. The The Winter Olympics are the best. Like, I, I love everything. Every event. I'm, I'm down. I'll watch all of it. Yeah. Hockey gets bumped out of the rotation sometimes if I want to watch fucking, you know, the skeleton race or something. Okay. Yeah. Big curling guy for sure. Yeah, I like curling. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm into all of it. Love okay. it. Do you want the NHL to go back? Does it, does sure. it matter to you? Uh, I mean, obviously I think the men's Olympic hockey is better with the NHL going than not going. Because you're talking about the best players in the world versus the best players in some of the world instead. When the NHL mm-hmm. doesn't go. Okay. So, yeah, I think it's better quality. And when I watch the games, I'm more interested in what's happening. If the NHL doesn't want to go, I'm not going to really hold it against them. Because I probably would take... The same stance that Gary Bettman does if I were the commissioner. Right. And, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, too, like, this is just how I feel about it. And I probably wouldn't think this way if I were an Olympic-level hockey player. But at the end of the day, like, I kind of think that I'd be more concerned about my NHL club and my NHL season. As I never really grew up dreaming of winning an Olympic gold medal, I always wanted to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm not saying that the Olympic like the Olympic gold medal be cool as fuck. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? If mm. we're not going and I get to focus on my team's cup run a little bit more, I don't know that that's necessarily a terrible thing. Um but obviously, you know, some players might end up getting gypped of their Olympic gold medal in the long run, you know, Connor McDavid might never win one um because of the way that this is going to all end up, right? right. So, you know, maybe maybe you feel 
robbed of it in a sense, and maybe I would too if I, if I were actually one of the few people on the planet that uh, were worthy of an opportunity to go play for my country at an Olympic level. Uh, like it is a cool thing, but at the end of the day, I don't I don't know. It's it's now, not really what I ever dreamt about. Now, this would be obviously a major blow to the Winter Olympics, and wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But with the technologies that are in place now compared to 100 years ago, would there be any merit in moving ice hockey to the Summer Olympics? I'm down. I'd be way more down. How many, you know, how many of these large cities don't have a an indoor ice, you know, complex that they can put a tournament on over two weeks? And that way you avoid any kind of issue with disrupting the season. There's no, no potential. I mean, there's always going to be the risk of injury, but, you know, you bust your shoulder up in June, you're probably good to go come September, October. You're not missing the playoff run, right? Are there so, summer Olympics normally in July? Yeah, July, August. Okay, good. Because I was going to say the 2022 Olympics, um, Mitch Marner has a commitment in June already, uh, which is that's fair. Cody Fraser's wedding. Okay. So no, he's, he's he safe. can't. He can't. He's fine. Go. I don't even know if it makes him care. To be go. honest with you, but he's he's safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe the NHL will uh, will decide to go in the long run. It depends if uh, if both sides turn their key. Uh, speaking of turning your key uh, to your car, uh, you can head on down to Wawa next summer. That was the worst. <laughs> that was the worst trans. <laughs> when you asked if I wanted to do it, I probably should have said yes. This week's sponsor is Airedale Fishing and Hunting. Uh, located in the balmy metropolis of Wawa, Ontario, Airedale has provided a unique wilderness experience since 1945. Uh, they have 18 remote outpost camps that help keep the lake pristine and the fishing extraordinary. Uh, they are host to many different types of fish. And James, could you rhyme off those fish at this point? Um, you got your uh, lake trout. Walleye, mm-hmm. um, birch trout, is that a thing? No, <laughs> you've said that before, though. <laughs> um, your redfish, bluefish, mm-hmm. um, minnows. We never did talk about uh, how good of a time we had at the Airedale uh, Halloween Bash, all dressed as salmon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was uh, a classic Pacific salmon. You had more of a, uh, a I think, an upper stream red salmon. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Wern, um, he was a bit of a, a freckled back salmon. Mm-hmm. I was cloverleaf chunk salmon. Ah. I was a canned salmon. <laughs> um, Airedale is now closed for the season, uh, so booking a trip for the winter is not an option. They are not available. Don't for... go to Wawa in the winter. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's constantly snowing there for six months out of the year. But the other six months, it's quite beautiful. Um, if you're interested in planning a trip to Airedale, uh, visit www.outpostcamps.com for more information and begin planning your trip. To Airedale today, they are open from May 15th to October 31st for next year, and there's plenty of time to get your summer all set up. It'll be a summer that you won't forget. Our transitions can be better, they will be better. Um, We apologize to the the viewers on that one. Yeah. I I don't think they're called viewers, James, because there is no live stream. Fuck. It's more of... (laughs) It's more of a listener. 
It was a 50-50 shot. It was either going to be listeners or viewers, and okay. I, I guess I went with the wrong one. Yeah, you, you just you just, you just, just cocked it up. Yeah, sometimes the odds just aren't in your favor. And for Evander Kane, uh, the odds definitely were not in wow. his favor. Um, wow. As he is in some big trouble. Not good either. No. Better um, than mine. But. <laughs> uh, so apparently he owes quite a bit of money to a Las Vegas casino mm-hmm. uh, based on a bet that was made between games three and four in Las Vegas during the playoffs last year. I have a few questions that kind of arise from from having that knowledge now. Sure, bro. The first of which being, you're Vander Kane. Okay. You're a professional athlete. Sure. You've got a a big, nice contract. Yeah. You've made a bet. Mm Mm-hmm. What's stopping you from paying it? Yeah. Well, a couple things. Um, A, it is possible, because we've seen this happen before with not just professional athletes, but many other people in the course of history, uh, it is quite possible that Evander Kane owes money to a lot of other people. And maybe he has a pretty big gambling addiction and is very far into the hole that uh, maybe he doesn't have the $7 million that the San Jose Sharks paid him this year. You know, it's quite possible that he doesn't have any money. The second thing is that a possible possibility is that um, we are talking about Evander Kane here. Uh, and Evander Kane has been, um, for lack of a better word, maybe uh, apparently tabbed as n- maybe not so nice a person. Uh, and perhaps he has just decided that he's invincible and doesn't need to pay this off. Uh, and would rather just take it to court and be like, I'm Evander Kane, I don't need to pay you kind of thing. Uh, which is a bold strategy. But again, we have seen that before as well. Uh, the third option is that it is maybe a legitimate misunderstanding on how things went down, and maybe Evander Kane does have a case uh, that he doesn't need to pay these back because he hasn't actually commented on it, so I have no idea what's going on on his end. Uh, What I will say is I think it is the first option, and that I think he probably doesn't have the money to pay it back. Okay. Yeah. My second question... Because as we know about Evander Kane... Uh, he has made it pretty public. He likes to live large and live fast and uh, fly a little bit close to the sun. Possibly die young. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a particularly big fan of him as a person. And no, I've, I've never I've, met I've, him. I've never really liked any of the Canes in the NHL, to be honest with Ooh. you. So. I'm trying to think if there's been any other ones other than the two. <sighs> Can't really think of another one right now. Anyway. Yeah. My second question is... Um, if, if you're in a playoff series, hypothetically speaking, Brutes, um, you're on the road, got a, got a big game three that uh, I believe uh, that you've just lost. Why is your reaction to go out the next day and uh, make a very large uh, gambling bid um, when you have a, a, a very large game the next day and are likely... Um, probably being told by your your employer to you know not do that exact thing Mm -hmm. i don't know okay i don't know the whole issue with evander kane in winnipeg was he didn't listen to anything that the jets told him to do and the team said yeah you can go fuck yourself because uh we don't need that around here and through his suit in the shower there dustin bufflin you remember that bully yeah, 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 Bufflin was wrong on that. So, you know, they kind of ran him out of town, and then the issue with him in Buffalo was, you know, he was a bit of a, uh, 
cancerous uh, personality, for lack of a better way of putting it. So he got traded to San Jose. And uh, I don't know about you, but I find it hard to believe that he has changed that much. So, yeah. You don't think Jumbo Joe took him under his beard and showed him the the right of way? Yeah, but sometimes these people are beyond help. That's fair. That's my point. So I don't know. I don't know him personally, so I don't want to make a ton of assumptions, but uh, he has given me no reason to believe that uh, he's a very nice guy. So... Well, hopefully he can track down a, a Saul Goodman-like figure in, in San Jose and uh, get all of this exonerated so that he can get on with being a piece of scum on the ice instead of a piece of scum off the ice. Man, they're bad. Yeah. They're really bad. Yeah. Holy man. Yeah, you know who else is bad? Speaking of uh, Canes, you, you, didn't like, you didn't like Boyd Kane? Boyd Kane. He used to play in the NHL. Sure. Boyd Kane. I'll take your word for it. There's also Frank Red Kane. Uh, he retired in 1951. They called him that. Who did Frank Red Kane play for? That's one of six teams. Who did he play all of his two games with? <laughs> Blackhawks. Detroit. Yeah, sure. I would have guessed Detroit, too. I think it's kind of funny that that's where he played. Mm. From Stratford, Ontario. Uh, the, not the Stratford streak. The other Stratford kid. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Detroit, uh, they got uh, Robbie Fabry. Yeah, are we? Uh, are we not going to talk about Marner? Oh, we're going to push. Oh, it back? yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of mentioned him a little earlier, I guess. Yeah, yeah he, we didn't really talk Mitch, about it, Mitch Marner. Uh, one month, he, he will be out of the Leafs lineup. Took a very nasty-looking fall Saturday night uh, against the Flyers. Um, no word yet on the exact injury. I don't think. Uh, just that he went for an MRI on his ankle, uh, knee area, and uh, this team will never be healthy. See you next October. Hmm. Uh, I guess the good news here is that the Leafs can now stash uh, uh, $11 million on the LTIR, allowing Zach Hyman to come back without uh, losing anybody else. So, yeah. Um, this also might even open up the possibility yeah. of... of... <laughs> why, like, why would I have wanted to get rid of Jason Spezza when we just hang on to him for another month and you get rid of Mitch Marner for a month and a half? I would rather have just got it, gotten on with it and waved one of the couple guys that really haven't contributed much this year but here we are can't, hey you can't pick and choose these you, things yeah you, you deal the so, hand you're, you're you're given and, yeah this uh, kind this kind of this kind of blows a lot because uh although i do i uh, do rip mitch marner here and there uh offensively uh he has been phenomenal defensively this year uh he has been better every night defensively and arguably might actually now be the best defensive forward on the Leafs, somehow surpassing Freddie Goche, the defensive wizard. Uh, he's been great defensively. Yeah. So yeah, he's good. I'm pretty down for him at the moment because uh, yeah, the way I'm, I'm choosing to look at Mitch Marner moving forward now, if he continues this play, is he's a defensive forward that happens to get like 70, 80 points a year. So I, 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 I when I think that. of it that way, I'm a lot happier with him. Yeah, I'd yeah. be fine with that. But not the case. Uh, don't get don't get too comfy with watching him because he'll be out for a bit. If if anything, this gives those guys that were, you know, potentially looking at being uh, bought out, um, a little more time. This this gives you an extra few weeks to maybe find something in your game that can keep you on this roster. It's, that a, can... it's a big opportunity for Mikhaev here. Sure, this is huge because he he pretty much takes over a lot of Mitch Marner's responsibilities here. He's the go-to winger on the penalty kill now. Um, you know, he might move up in the lineup 
depending how things go. Um, so it's a big opportunity for him to potentially get himself a contract extension for next year, um, which may or may not happen, but oh. the opportunity is there now. I think if you're the Leafs, maybe you don't want that to happen, but, um, you know, yeah, we'll see. I, I think Nick Patan comes back up. Maybe it's a he lot slots. of guys I'd rather have Makayev over on this fucking team than maybe maybe Nick, Nick Patan slots it on that uh, second line winger spot. We've seen Jason Spezza do it in the past, uh, and clearly the fourth line role hasn't been working out for him. This could be something to kind of re-energize his game, perhaps. Gotta try something. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. So. Um, yep, well, we got at least four weeks of, uh, I guess we'll call it open tryouts for the uh, Maple Leafs power uh, penalty kill and uh, second line uh, spot. We'll have to see how they adjust. The huge good, on the power good. play too now. Like this is well, Willie moves. Willie up. moves up, and this, but this is huge for Willie. Yeah, like this. Well, he's is, been looking really huge. good too. Well, he's yeah, he's been a couple there. more goals tonight. The only player I would say that's maybe been better than him this year is is Jake Muzzin, but I, I wouldn't say that. I would say I had to walk out of Lids the other day because uh, they have a Jake Muzzin jersey. They have oh. Nylander jerseys in there, but mm. like twenty nine, not eighty eight, mm. half price. Nice. And uh, I like I was looking at it, and the guy said, "Yeah, if only he was any good." And I, I literally had to like put the the jersey down and walk out of the store because I was going to start yelling at the employer. Mm-hmm. So. You know that's kind of where I'm at with my with my Jake or my uh, William Nylander takes at this point in yeah. my life. So basically, if you if you slander the good name of Willie on Twitter, you're probably getting blocked. So sorry. Uh, he has 15 points in 19 games and um, has at least five goals where he was the third assist for sure. The so, guy that started the play. Yeah. The only reason you got the goal. Yeah. Yeah, I really don't know how this team is possession wise without him or Marner on the ice, but I can't imagine it's very good. No, I mean you're, you're well, missing especially big, not lately. You're missing a big workhorse in Hyman all year. He's he's usually a pretty good possession guy. Um, so yeah, you're right. Like yeah. I, I don't know who else is out there doing. Forces it. you to give up the puck because he comes in like a bull in a fucking <laughs> china shop. That guy doesn't give a fuck. Uh, I look forward to his return. Yeah, should be uh, good this week. Should be good. Um. We got to get moving here. We're uh, Robbie Fabry running pretty long. Uh, Robbie Fabry to Detroit. Did you see that? Uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you see the photo of the, that they posted with him uh, wearing number fourteen? No. Uh, so the Red Wings uh, Twitter uh, they posted a photo for his first game. Robbie Fabry, jersey in the stall, number fourteen. Uh, as uh, you probably know, on November is uh, Hockey Fights Cancer Month. And in the bottom corner of Robbie Fabry's uh, photo with his jersey are uh, four cans of chewing tobacco. So this league is fantastic with its nice. uh, public image. So Okay. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. What did you think of the trade? Awesome for Detroit. Yeah. Uh, Robbie well, Fabry has... hopefully, yeah. Robbie Fabry has two goals and an assist in two games yeah. for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I think it's great. I think it's a huge steal. I don't think Jacob Delarose is any good. Uh, so I think this is a very, very low-risk move for the Red Wings. Because uh, at at Robbie Fabry's worst, he is better than Jacob Delarose. Uh, and for the Blues, you give Robbie Fabry a free start. I think it's a good public image move for the Blues. Uh, I think it is a bad trade, but I do think it is a nice gesture to give the kid a fresh start. So, Sur- whatever. Surprising, perhaps, with the loss of Tarasenko? Yeah, I mean, it, it might open up another move or something. Um, 
I, I don't know the logistics of it, but maybe they're more comfortable putting Jacob Della Rose on waivers when they trade for, let's say, Tyler Toffoli in a month hmm. um, than, you know, having to find Robbie Fabry a, a different home. Like, at least maybe Della Rose is someone they're happier putting in the press box. Della Rose does kind of fit the mold of the St. Louis Blues, which is uh, bigger and slower than most teams, uh, but... They get the job done. It worked for them, apparently. Yeah, they, so. they get the job done. Um, you know, he, I think he kind of fits into the way that they play. Um, but yeah, it's it's good for Robbie Fabry. Like, at least he's going to get ice time now. He played 15 and a half minutes tonight against Vegas. Um, you know, and he was averaging um, around eight minutes a night in St. Louis. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's a big opportunity for him. I think he's a real good player. Um, so, I'm happy for him. I was uh, a little shocked to see that uh, this is kind of not really Robbie Fabry related, but I was I was surprised to see that fourteen is not retired in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I kind of just assumed that uh, Shani had his number at the, in in the rafters. No, but uh, apparently not. No, big part of a uh, three Stanley Cups uh, in, in Detroit. So, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just I kind of made my historic brain go. Whoa, hang on a second. Hmm. So, no, I I, I could have swore it. they retired it. Yeah, so did I. So, guess not. Did someone retire his number? Yeah, I don't think so. I can't imagine who would have. He never really stuck long. Didn't anywhere. Didn't Hartford retire his number last? Hey yo, nice, um. nice. Yeah, taking a little jab at the good people from Hartford. There, it's been like a year since we mentioned them on the podcast. So, welcome back to the Whalers, the Hartford Spartacats. Yes. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Guess that's Robbie Fabry. Yep. Good for him. You have uh, ooh, nice time. It's time. That yeah, we all love. Well, um, I get we're gonna do over unders here. Although I am wondering uh, if I have done this particular one for you, uh, because I know I had one that we didn't do, and I'm trying to remember if it's this one or a different one. Uh, but I'm going to guess that we haven't done this one, and I'm just gonna do it. How's that sound? It you cut me off if it's, if it's ringing a bell. All right? All right. All right. Uh, your first category is career high in goals. Could he? Your first player is Richard Zednick. Hmm. Over or under 29 goals in a season? Over. Uh, the answer is over. He had 31 in 2002-2003 as, I believe, a member of the Montreal Canadiens. Nice. You're one for one. Uh, number two, Victor Kozlov. Over or under 28? Hmm. I feel like he had a big year with the Panthers, so I'm going to say over. Uh, it is under. Victor Kozlov's career high in goals is 25 and 06 07. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you're one for two. The, your final career high in goals player, Alexander Semen. Has Alex Semen scored over or under 41 goals in a season? Over. It is under. Uh, Alex Semen's career high in goals is 40. 2009-2010 with the uh, Washington Capitals. Did he had like 90 points? I don't think he ever had 90, but he huh. did have 80-something, I think, that year, yes. Huh. Uh, you're one for three. That's okay. You got three other categories to make it work. Your second category, career total points. Total points. What did they have when they retired? Uh, your first player is Derek Roy. Over or under 575. Former Sabre. Former Oiler, I guess. Blue, technically. Almost made the 06 Team Canada roster. 
He was awesome. Yeah, he had a couple good years. He was a good Buffalo. fucking player for a while. Five seventy five. I'm gonna say under. It is under five uh, twenty four. Five twenty four mm. is what we're looking for. Two for four. Nice. Uh, I do not have a tiebreaker, so I'm really hoping you get five or seven. Uh, <laughs> career total points we're looking for. Mike Camilleri over under six twenty five. Hmm. I'll go under. Uh, it is over uh, six forty two for Mike Camilleri. Sure. I guess uh, maybe he'll come back and get more. Who knows? Uh, the final career total points. You're going to like this one. Over or under 825 points on the career of Toronto Maple Leaf legend Borea Salming. 825? Mm-hmm. We're in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, I try to make them kind of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, did you get, did you get Camilleri correct? No. Okay. I'm going to say that Salming had over, because I want to say it was close to that with just the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is under. Uh, 787. Really? Salming, 787. Okay. Yeah. It's a quality plane. Uh, you're two for okay. six. You're two for six. Uh, but you you do have to have a pretty good run here moving forward to uh, salvage what's left of your over-unders this week. Goody. Uh, career high in wins. It's always a fun one for goaltenders. The most amount of games that they won in a season. Ryan Miller, over or under 43. Under. It is under. It's 41 in 2009-2010. The same year that Alex Semin scored 40 goals. Great. Uh, you're three for seven. Uh, Vesa Toscala, former Leaf, former Shark, former Flame. Duck. Duck. I think he retired. Panther? No. No? Did Vesatoskala win over or under 31 games in a season? I'm going to say it 33 one year. I don't know. Over? He never actually played for the Ducks. Uh, You're going to say over? Yeah. The answer is over. He won 33 in 2007-2008 with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's great. That's right. They uh, did not make the playoffs that year. Shocker. Um, you need to run the table now. Oh, no. You got that right, so you're good. Yeah. Four for nine. Thanks. Uh, you got to keep this going. Chris Osgood, over or under 50, or sorry, <laughs> over or under 40, whoa, over whoa. under over or under 52. <laughs> like, well, I'll take the under there. Uh, over or under 42. Under. Uh, it is 39 in 95, 96. Uh, you're... Got quite a comeback going right now. Just in time for your favorite category. <laughs> Career total games played. Sure. This might as well happen. What are you then? You're five for five for five for nine? Yeah. That mean you are? All right. Something like that. Uh number one. Five hundred and twenty five games for former Toronto Maple Leaf waiver legend Boyd Devereaux. <clears throat> Boy, Devereaux play over under 525 games in the NHL. Under. It is over. Good, sir. Uh, you now need to run the table. Uh, Boy, Devereaux played 627 games in the, uh, in the NHL. Sure. Uh, number two. Is Barrett Jackman a guy with a silver stick for that 1,000 game mark? Did he play I, I over think he or is. under? I'm pretty sure he is. It is under. Uh, 876 he played. All right. 
you uh the best you can do is get six correct i believe now so you got to get this one correct to get to the tiebreaker okay which you don't have so did yeah well i'll think of one on the fly i guess uh did ally afraidy play over (laughs) under 850 games in the nhl over uh it is under good sir 799 uh you are yet again uh under on the over unders. Under the under the hill. That's too bad. Under the under the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have name that person back next week. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It seems like you're soured on the over unders there. Oh, right? I've never My liked man. it. I've never liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know who does. It's because the reason is because you never you never seem to do any worse than like five right, and you never do any better than like seven right. Like you're always like right on the cusp. That's fair. I you guess. know, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm always very average. Yeah, it's not an easy exercise. It's not. I I bet you that there are listeners out there that I mean maybe not this week, but a lot of other weeks don't even know a good portion of the names. That's fair. You know? So okay. it's good for you for even knowing these guys. You hey, have thanks. yet to look at me and be like, I don't even know who that is. That's I hope to sign, make that happen next week. Nice. <laughs> Alright. Buster Red McCluskey. Uh They called him that because when... I don't know. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> he looked like Buster from Arthur. Which wouldn't come out for another 42 years. They based the character on McCluskey. Because his sister was actually a writer on the show. He had a pet rabbit. <laughs> uh, top ten. Yeah, that's that time. Top ten, top, top ten, ten, top ten. Uh, we decided to do the top ten Will Ferrell movies this week. The reason we are doing it is because there was a argument trending on Twitter where everyone seemed to think that they needed to discuss what the best Will Ferrell movies of all time were uh, and what actually is the answer. And instead of me chiming in and James chiming in, we just figured we would do it this way. And we'll just, you know, make it a top ten. Rank his movies. What we decided to do, we're going to compare our lists. We didn't combine because uh, James and I strongly disagree on two Will Ferrell movies. Uh, So I figured, you know, we would just kind of make our own lists and and say our piece that way. Uh, I decided to do uh, only roles in which he is... uh, at the very least, in the movie for more than two or three minutes. Uh, all, because although, you know, I think, like, he's one of the funniest parts of The Internship, which is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, you know, I felt weird putting, like, the mattress salesman that has eight lines ahead of, like, Buddy the Elf. Because Buddy the Elf might not have made my fucking list if it, if I included side characters, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Chaz Reinhold from fucking Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Whatever his guy was in Starsky and Hutch. I don't even remember what his name was in that movie. He's hilarious in that movie. So, yeah. I figured uh, we would just do prominent roles. I assume you Big did Earl. the same thing. Bigger Earl. Bigger Earl. Bigger Earl. Yeah. You did the same thing? I did. All right. Yeah. Okay. Should I start? Up to you, my guy. Uh, you normally start, so I'll start. Okay. We'll, we'll change it up a little All bit right. here. Uh, my number 10 yeah. is uh, Mugatu from Zoolander. Okay. Uh, which I know you're not a big fan of, uh, but... Will Ferrell yelling about killing the Malaysian Prime Minister uh, is one of my favorite Will Ferrell jokes of all time. And uh, I think he's great as Mugatu. Hansel's so hot right now. Hansel's so hot right now. 
Uh, so yeah, I love Zoolander, and I love when Will Ferrell kind of gets together with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson, and uh, this is one of their better collaborations. So yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, no shock to anyone, I don't have that movie on my list. Mm-hmm. So Yes. Uh, possibly. Yeah. Well, it never made the top ten Ben Stiller or, or Owen Wilson movies, so. Fair. Um. Would it make your top ten Mila Jovovich movies? Sure. Nice. I I guess. I, I don't. I'd have to really think about it, How about, about your it, top ten David Duchovny movies? I don't know who that is. The guy from the X-Files. Never really watched the X-Files. You don't know, you don't know who Mulder is? I know that the guy is named Mulder. Do you I know what know he looks what, like? Yeah, vaguely. Yeah? I, I, I've maybe watched half a dozen episodes of X-Files. Oh my, so. oh my god. Yeah. It's a great show, buddy. Um, well, you may not expect to be in my list at number 10 is Anchorman. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's good enough to get the top 10, I guess. I don't know. It's never really been my favorite Wolf Ferrell movie. Sure. I actually like the sequel better than I like the first one. You know, the sequel was all right. It, 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 and I mean, like, that's the beauty about this list is I don't need to say, you know, which Anchorman I prefer because it's, I'm ranking characters and roles more so, right? But, yeah, yeah I don't know. The second one was pretty good. I, I, I liked it. I, I think I like it more than good. the first one. I but... think I do like the first one, but I was surprised by the second one. Yeah. Good yeah. cast. Really yeah. good cast. Like, I, like the there's first no one I don't like in this, in this movie, really. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know why I don't Yeah, like no, I, I, I got you. Like, the, it's but... a great... The four of them are so funny together, man. They are. Like, David Koechner gets underrated as, like, a comedy actor in the yeah. grand scheme of things. But everyone knows Champ Kind, you know? Mm-hmm. In the second one, when he's got that restaurant, all the jokes about, like, just the health code violations there is great. Like, you know, there's only a little bit of mouse in the in the pudding or something like that. Paul, Paul Rudd and his collection of condoms will uh, always, That's a good one. always amuse me. Yeah. So. They go to Brick's funeral, and he's just there crying about himself being dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Brick, you're right here, man. I'm going to miss him so much. You killed a man with a trident. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's my number 10. Okay. That's a good one. we got to do top 10 Paul Rudd oh, roles sometime. Fuck, let's go. Yeah. You know, Paul Rudd is someone who... He's never really been, like, the dominant comedy actor at any time. Like, you know what I mean? Everyone's kind of had their, their time. Like, Will Ferrell had some years there. Ben Stiller had some years. Adam Sandler had some years in the 90s. You know, even Jason Segel for a couple years was, like, the guy. Paul Rudd's never really been the guy. But he has just steadily carved out an unreal career. And as time goes on, I think he gets funnier. Because mm. I really never used to find him that funny. Yeah. Like, even in Anchorman, he doesn't really, like, make me laugh that much. But man, oh man. He's really good in Friends, too. I'll give him that. Yeah. Like, like Friends really kind of died off those last seasons. Paul Rudd comes on. Paul like, Rudd's good. shit, Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, my number nine uh, might come to a surprise for some people, but I really enjoyed the 2015 motion, or whatever year it was. I don't even know what year it was. Uh, the House as Scott Johansson. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the movie... Uh, Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler cannot afford to pay for their daughter's school tuition, so they decide to start a uh, casino in their buddy's house who's recently divorced. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the actor is the guy that played Rafi from The League. Uh, It is a hilarious fucking movie with uh, appearances from uh, Nick Kroll as well. Uh, 2017 was the year the movie came out. I think the movie is hysterical. 
there's a scene where they hire a comedian to play at this casino, and the comedian is none other than Sebastian Maniscalco. And there's only one guy in the room watching him play, but the guy is just dying laughing at Sebastian, just like walking around. He spits his food out like at one of the jokes kind of thing. And then the line afterwards is just like, all right. uh," And after all that, like they were showing about how the night was a big success and they're like, all right. And that was a great night. We only lost $4,500 tonight. And they're like, wait, what? And he's like, well, that that like that comedian was really expensive, man. It's a great I, I actually haven't seen that one, to be honest with you. I so. I think you would like it. I I do think that that is a Jimmy type movie. Okay. Um. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, actually, I sound, it does sound good. I'll have to check that out for sure. It is good. So, my number nine might cause a little bit of controversy, mm. uh, and I'm going to go on record as saying that um, what I would consider the the second lead actor in the film. I'm not super crazy about overall, but I love Will Ferrell in this movie, and that is Get Hard. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if you've you've seen it. Um, for anyone that hasn't, um, Will Ferrell he's got this great life, big house, beautiful wife. Um, he works at this big banking. He's he's in, in involved with stocks and stuff like this, and basically stumbles across this. Uh, this illegal activity that his his father-in-law is conducting at the firm and he gets blamed for it and he gets sentenced to jail and he has like 30 days to get his like life in order before he goes to jail so in those 30 days he hires his car window washer in his building Kevin Hart to train him how to go and get hard so he can go to prison to survive prison uh despite the fact that Kevin Hart's character has never been to prison. And watching Will Ferrell, like, go from, like, this wimpy, like, no street smarts kind of, like, business guy into trying to learn how to be this hardened criminal to the point where he's, like, you know, interacting with Nazis and KKK members and these hard, you know, thug guys. It's, it is absolutely hilarious watching Will Ferrell. Like, eat that character up. It is hilarious. He he nails that character. I, I gotta give him that. Movie overall, not great. Will Ferrell, fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the plot of the movie was really good. Yeah. I found the execution was horrible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was a really the, bad... The, the fake riot scene where they, they stage a riot. Yeah. Oh my god. No, like, Will again... Gets, he shivs every, Kevin Hart. Everything and... they do should be funnier than it is in that movie. That's and fair. I just I just don't know what it is. But it's not horrible. Yeah. It's not Holmes and Watson. I haven't actually seen it. I've just heard it's terrible. I've heard it's not good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is Elf as Buddy the Elf. You see him. Hey, nice, man. Number eight. Yeah, it's it's good. It is. Uh, I will say this. This might be the mo- hottest take I've had all season on the podcast. Uh, this movie is quite overrated, I think. But uh, it's still pretty good. It's just like people talk about it like it's not only the greatest Christmas movie of all time, which is not true. Uh, that it's also like Will Ferrell's best movie. And it's uh, it's it's eight. It's his best Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I like the other two movies below it on the list better, but I'm willing to admit that Elf is is still a, a good movie. It's you could call it more of a classic. It's than, a classic. Yeah, it's yeah. 
more people, I think, are going to know it than most of the films on Another the thing about the movie, uh, it would not be funny if they cast anyone other than Will Ferrell in it. Will Ferrell is the well, thing that makes the movie, I, don't know I think. About that. No? No. Okay. Yeah. I think he sells it better than, than anyone probably could have. Maybe. So. You're, you're probably not wrong, but I think that the plot overall is... But you're also not right. I don't know. I, I look at the plot, and I, I look at like the idea of, of an elf coming down from... And it's like, okay, okay. That, there's something there. Now, say that say that again, but think about how bad that movie could have gone, too, though. Like, a lot of these movies don't work unless it's the right guys, right? Vince Vaughn you know? and his elf. I don't, know, I don't know what you want from me, Dad. Like, I, I come down Yeah, from, no, like, I that's... Come a, down from but, Pole. again, Vince Vaughn is, like, a guy that maybe... But, like, I don't... I still think Will Ferrell would have been funnier. No, no, I, I'm saying Vince Vaughn would have been bad. Like, oh, would have been bad? Movie oh, I think, I think he would have been fine. <laughs> well, Vince Vaughn could do anything. Vince Vaughn's my oh, favorite, man. man. I love that guy. Yeah. All right. The two, like, think about it. The guy's in two Christmas movies as is, uh, neither of which would be funny without Vince Vaughn, I don't think. Vince Vaughn is just able to, like, Fred Claus is not that good, but Vince Vaughn is Fred Claus. Paul Giamatti is Santa, too. Could we just talk about that for a second? How they convince Paul Giamatti to fuck a play Santa? guy's one of the best actors of his generation they're like hey paul giamatti do you want to be santa with vince vaughn as your non-santa brother and he's like fuck yeah i do you've been sentenced to community service in which you must perform as santa claus in an upcoming film for fuck's sakes yep. yeah well yeah elf's right. good. good i'm looking forward to watching it once at christmas uh, uh but among the christmas movies that i do watch uh it is one of the few that i will only watch once because that's all i can really handle Okay, yeah. that's fine. Bad Boys is on right now, which uh, is a not very good movie. Wow, you like All it? Right. I yeah, I'm a Bad Boys fan. Bad Boys maybe 3 I gotta out, rewatch it. Uh, coming out this uh, next year, I think. Bad I love Boys the 3. guys. Martin there. Lawrence putting on a lot of weight. Yeah, well, so. that's fine. He's gonna be able to do a sequel, Big Mama's House, a lot easier this time. Ooh. Won't even need to do as much makeup. Nice, there you go. Doesn't even need to wear that fat suit. Big Mama's House, great film. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, sir. Uh, semi-pro is Jackie Moon. Ooh. Uh, Love Me Sexy. Uh, the scene That's where... That's a song. Just... Yep. Anyone out there offended uh, by that comment. Uh, I... Honestly, yeah. Uh, like, this movie's just great. Um, underrated part of the movie is Will Arnett as one of the commentators. Uh, I... <laughs> could you please blow that smoke out? No, I like to smoke when I drink. While they're calling a game. <laughs> Um, for those of you who have not seen the movie, first off, you should get on it, because I believe it's been on Netflix for years now. Um, it is about a semi-pro basketball league where the top four teams will get merged into the NBA at the end of the year because the league itself is folding, but they're going to keep some of the teams and some of the players. Uh, there are appearances from uh, well-known actors such as Woody Harrelson, Tim Meadows, Andre 3000. Uh, it is a hysterical movie. And I would strongly recommend you watching it. Because, um, I will say this. It is the worst movie on this list. But it is one of the funniest movies on the list. It is hysterical. Okay. Yeah. Alright. Jackie Moon is the the best. So, yeah. The alley-oop. <laughs> um, alright. Well, speaking of Will Arnett, I guess. Suck. <laughs> you said S my C. No, I didn't! Um, number seven for me, the Lego movie. I'm not sure if you've He's seen He's in it. that? Yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen the Lego movie. No. Okay. 
Uh, Will Ferrell plays uh, the bad guy, um, which ends up being the... Uh, he has a real-life appearance in the film as well. At the end of the film, it, it's revealed that uh, this this whole Lego world is the creation of his of his kid, and Will Ferrell comes down, and he just turns out to be like a mean, mean dad. So the kid's been portraying the bad guy as his dad, and and, uh, and then they, they play Legos together, which is kind of heartwarming, I guess. But he, he is very, very funny uh, in the film as the bad guy. Great cast. The, Morgan Freeman's in Oh, it? the lineup is unreal. Uh, it's funny because... Um, the cast is listed, I think, in the order in which they appear in the film. So when I look at the cast, I don't know who any of the first, like, 15 people are. Oh, other yeah. than, like, Will Ferrell and Will Arnett. Arnett. Um, Elizabeth Banks, Allison Brie. But, like... David Burroughs. was nominated for an Oscar. Charlie Day. Will Ferrell. I, I heard that this Franco, was really Morgan bad. Ford, this Hill, sounds Jake fine. Johnson, Keegan-Michael Key. I'm just going to keep doing this in the background while you're talking. Liam Neeson, um, Shaquille O'Neal. Chris Pratt. Uh, Kobe Smulders, Channing Tatum, Billy Dee Williams. Yeah, no, it's it's a huge cast. Is of Kobe people. Smulders on screen? No, she plays Wonder Woman. Like She's these are all voice, voice actors. Yeah. Okay, good. The whole thing is the voice actors. I think Will Ferrell and the kid are the only two people that appear in, in real life in the film. Cool. So yeah, no, really funny. Um, Does this sound Netflix? I don't know. I don't think so. All right. Well, but I probably won't ever watch it. But it's it is it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Will Nar- Will Arnett as Batman. It's pretty fucking funny. He gets his own spin-off movie as a result. It's it's pretty hilarious. Uh, Will Ferrell is one of the... Or, sorry, Will Arnett is one of the best actor um, voice actors I've ever heard in my life. There you go. That guy has a hilarious voice. And, uh, yeah. Another example of a show that would not be as funny, I think, without a certain person in it is... Uh, uh, Will, Will Arnett was the perfect voice for BoJack Horseman. Because Will Arnett... Always sort of sounds a little hungover because his voice is raspy, and Bojack Horseman is hungover all the time, so works great. Same, um, yeah. Number seven. Yeah. Uh, my number six, Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, Harold Crick is his character's name. Um, probably a better movie than it is funny, but Will Ferrell is hysterical in it. The concept for the movie is unbelievable. Uh, I love this film. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I'm going to try to find a way to watch it in the next couple weeks because uh, it is not on many platforms. So I might have to go do a little digging or just buy it or something. But uh, okay, yeah, this is a, a hilarious movie. Uh, a movie that I did not like the first time I saw it, and the more times I see it, the funnier it is. Because when it came out, I was like 15, and I was expecting like Talladega Nights level of fucking Will Ferrell and. Uh, it's a very different movie from Talladega Nights because this is actually a, a film more than it is a movie I think but I've never seen it I think I, I think you have I think because I think the first time I saw it, we watched it together but uh, it it would stand a reason that you didn't remember it because uh, I didn't like it the first time I saw it but it is very funny hmm. okay mm-hmm. um, Emma Thompson my number six Talladega Nights nice yeah Nice. The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Yep. Um, it's really hard to do a NASCAR film. It's even harder to do a good NASCAR film. Yeah. Um, they nailed I'm it. not saying this is a good NASCAR film, but it's a NASCAR film, and it's hilarious. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm like, it, it's one of those films that goes back to when I was, you know, in my early adolescence, and I remember watching it when it first came out and thinking it was absolutely hilarious. 
and uh, obviously we we know now the legendary chemistry between uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Yeah. Um, so without this movie, there's no Step Brothers. Definitely. You know, and maybe there's and no, no Holmes, Holmes and Watson, Watson, but but you take the bad with the good. Yeah. Uh, Amy Adams, Sasha Baron Cohen, um, David Cochner again. You know those. These guys mm-hmm. work together a lot too. Jane Lynch, fucking hilarious. Michael Clark Duncan, uh, great film. Rest in peace. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say, what else to say about it. It's just absolutely. Well, don't hilarious. worry about it. I'll say some stuff for it. My number five is Talladega Nights. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember going seeing this movie with my stepmom for the first time, and we died laughing. Thought it was hysterical. Uh, this, I've seen this movie more than most comedy movies, and I'm willing to concede that uh, it is kind of a. a bad movie like a lot of the jokes but I, I think with it like Talladega Nights was almost too big for its own good at a time because I think it is one of the most quoted movies I've ever heard in my life hmm. um, and a lot of the scenes are like kind of over the top but I think that's what makes it you know so good a lot of the movie is very clearly ad-libbing and not so much a script which I kind of like that too you can kind of tell that they were just kind of playing off each other in the moment and that made the movie even funnier um yeah again like the scene at the beginning when will ferrell first like has his first race and uh, gets interviewed after the race and doesn't know what to do with his hands and he's super awkward it's hysterical um it's a great movie there you go it's a great comedy film i enjoy it i've seen it uh way too many times and therefore haven't watched it recently really because i've seen it like 50 times this is also like the, uh, the the big coming out party for Sasha Baron Cohen too. This is, was like his first big mainstream film. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking film at wise, I'm anyway, looking at yeah. here. I, I'm not seeing anything that was notable prior to this film. He had a, a small part in the Madagascar film as a voice character, and that was about it. So yeah, a lot of music videos. Yeah, I mean, him. he would have been pretty well known because of the Ali G show by that point. But he would like had never really been in a movie, right? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Talladega Nights. Yeah. Love it. Good movie. So that's, sorry, that's your number six. My number five. Five. My number five is Daddy's Home. Hmm. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the not so great, the not as great Mark Wahlberg, Will Ferrell team up. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I can watch those fucking two play anything. You put those two guys in a, in a film together. I'll yeah, they're pretty it. good. Uh, oh my God. They're pretty Kills good. Me. Kills me. Yeah. I love it. That fucking scene where, where Will Ferrell decides, yeah, I, I, I can move your your um, your motorcycle for you there, uh, Walt. I don't remember fucking Mark Wahlberg's character's name. I can move your motorcycle, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Wow, the writing's getting real lazy yeah, in these movies. Yeah, and just just absolutely crashes the the that shit out of that thing. Uh, hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just really good dynamic. I think those two actors have a lot of chemistry. Um, not a great film overall, but. Uh, some some good acting, some good some good banter there, some good lines, and kept me laughing. So there you go. Who plays Mark Wahlberg's wife again? Oh, uh, the ex-wife. Like, yeah. Um, or yeah, I guess. I guess guy, Will like, Ferrell's wife. Will Ferrell's wife, uh, Brad Whitaker, and Linda Cardellini. Cardellini. Oh, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, there you go. Why do I not remember that? I think I've only seen that once. Um, I oh, never. Fuck yeah! Sorry. I never really got into it much further than the first time because uh, I saw it shortly before they named the sequel was going to come out, uh, and they decided to. 
put Mel Gibson in it, and I'm like, I can't get too fucking attached to these movies, so because uh, I it's, it's can't watch very, anything to do with him. It's anymore. very unfortunate that that happened because John Lithgow plays Will Ferrell's dad. I know, which is I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. There's never been a more pairing for a father-son duo in cinema history. Yeah, John Lithgow is really funny. Yeah, really that's, funny. That's Will Ferrell's dad. I'm, I know. I'm it. sad I couldn't watch it, and I um, won't watch it. Hannibal Burris. I, I only watched film. Hacksaw Ridge out of fucking necessity the one year because I I will watch all Oscar movies, but that's a good film. I, I hate I know, but I hate Mel Gibson. Oh, okay, it's okay. a great movie. Uh, Hannibal Burris is also in this film. I always forget about him. Yeah, he has a hilarious character. Hannibal Burris is one of the great fucking just supporting comedy actors of all time, man. Yeah. Like all the shit. Like, 21 Jump Street, when he plays the cop, or no, uh, no, uh, Neighbors, he plays the cop. Yeah. He keeps coming to the parties, and he's just, like, making friends with the, with the kids, like, after a while, eh? Like, yeah, Hannibal Burris is one Show- of my favorite comedians of all time. Shows up to I'm fix down. the damage from the motorcycle accident, they just invite him to live with them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Named their fucking kid after him or something, too. Pretty, pretty fucking hilarious. Okay. There you go. That's my, my number five. Uh, my number four is Anchorman. Okay. The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, I, I guess you could say Anchorman 2 as well. Uh, yeah. You know. I don't... I do. I don't... Like, do we need to talk about Anchorman anymore? I don't really think we do. You're prerogative. Like, just as... I mean, as a society. Like, we can just kind of, like, understand that we've all seen Anchorman. We all think it's funny. Everyone thinks that the, it works... Or eighty percent of the time, it works all, all the time. Line is fucking hysterical. You know, we don't need to keep going on about this movie. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm willing to bet that in the longevity factor, that ten years from now, I think we will probably find Talladega Nights funnier than Anchorman at that point. I think Anchorman's kind of run its course in a way, but uh, it's still a great movie nonetheless. I've seen it many times, and I still do think it's funny but not nearly as funny as i thought it was like 10 years ago what was the performance where he came back as anchorman was it the oscars he's done it a lot of times no but there was there was a big one where he, he came out as ron burgundy um i want to say it was the fucking oscars maybe yeah it's possible and he came out at the end and like rattled off some like fake awards I don't know. It, maybe. Yeah. That that kills me. When he comes back and does that kind of shit. Golden Globes, maybe? I don't think it was the Oscars, but... I don't watch the Golden Globes, so it wouldn't have been that. Okay. Maybe uh, it was the Oscars. I don't, I don't know. know. Okay. Anyway. He should host it as Ron Burgundy next year. That would be a... That would be interesting. You have to delay on that. I uh, wonder if Will... Fer- like, I feel like Will Ferrell might be one of the only people that could do that for three hours and not say anything problematic on the slip of his tongue or something. Yeah, maybe. You know? Well, he, He's pretty he's good. He's gotta be pretty, like tight with it when you're on SNL. Yeah. So, he's I, pretty I think good. You could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um your number 4. My number 4. It's time for the Catalina Wine Mixer. Ooh. Step Brothers. Oh, number wow. 4. Number 4. I, I figured that would be higher for you. Uh we just alluded the uh, Will Ferrell John C Riley chemistry. This is it at its peak. Talladega wow. got the ball rolling. This launched it at at Do you know how long it took me to find Step Brothers funny? No. Because it is another movie where, like, the humor is, like, you know, some, like, fairly immature. Okay. So the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, this is stupid. They're just trying too hard. Like, I don't, I don't really like this. And the more times I watched it, the funnier I find it. 
to the point where now I would say I love the movie. It's it's hysterical. Okay. You know. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, I, I, I loved it from the beginning. Um, Adam Scott's character is like a top five favorite comedy character for me of all time. Yeah. I guess that's another thing we could do one time for a top ten. But yeah, that's... Everything that Adam Scott says in that movie is fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell does, I'm going to say it, I think more of the work in that movie. Like, I think he's funnier than John C. Riley in that one, but oh, John definitely. C. Riley's The sleepwalking shit. John like, C. Riley's oh really God. funny. Yeah. Like, you know, they both, they both work well. This, you could probably say that this isn't one or the other's film. It's, it's combined effort. I would yeah. Say. Big time. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's great. Carolina wine mixer. The fact that they get two very like generally serious actors to play their parents too. In Richard True. Jenkins and Mary Steenburgen. Hmm. Uh, again, they are also a good duo in that movie. It, it is a very, very well-casted movie, that one. Hmm. Like, incredibly well-casted. They just drop Seth Rogen in there for a scene. You know, Horatio Sands is singing for the fucking Billy Joel band at the end. <laughs> we only do 80s Joel. Strictly do 80s Joel, sir. Okay. Yeah, that's me. Uh, that was your number four. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is Step Brothers. Hmm. Good timing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, I already talked about Step Brothers. So My number three. Your number three. Uh, the other guys. Okay. Mark Wahlberg. This is going to be a fascinating top two. Back again. Yeah. Step Brothers. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, this, this is one of those films where Will Ferrell is a little bit more in his serious nature as opposed to <laughs> Step Brothers, right? But, um, oh yeah, fucking like, the way he like degrades his wife is just, you know, fucking gorgeous there. Um, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm all ready to go on other guys' references because it was on TV while I was eating dinner before you there came you over. Yeah. Did you guys pull any evidence? Uh, best we can tell, it was just a group of homeless guys having an orgy in here and a raccoon gave birth in the back seat. Um, yeah, fucking hilarious. We found your car. It was voting for Ralph Nader. <laughs> now we've had a taste of lion. Now we want lion. Now we're going to organize a school of fish, uh, some sort of breathing apparatus used from kelp to go across. And maybe, maybe not hours, but a few minutes at a time. En- enough for us to go back, collect samples, and eventually one day come and eat you in your territory. So don't fuck with the tuna. Yep. Desk pop. Yeah, yeah, big desk pop, big fan. Good old desk pop. Fuck, I'm watching that movie when I get home tonight. Yeah, that's fair. There you go. Scaffolding permits. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to send them a thank you note. They seem to put a nice varnish on that for you. <laughs> you do know that's a TLC reference, right, Captain? <laughs> Captain Gene? It's just Captain. Yeah. Or Gene, <laughs> not Captain Gene. I like at the end too when he's like lying on the ground and he's like. Did I do good? Uh, did I do good, Captain Gene? Oh, we're out of the office, man. You can call me Gene right now. He's just like <laughs> lying on the ground in like a lot of pain. You can call me Gene right now. Who cares? Like, gives a fuck. All right. Yeah, good movie. That's my number three. Okay. Uh, I already did my number three. So my number two is old school. Nice. Uh, Frank Ricard. Uh, yeah, Frank the Tank. The scene when he's driving trying to call his ex-wife to talk to her and he can't, like, figure out how to leave a message, so he's, like, doing all this weird stuff. Uh, hello, Dina. It's your husband, Frank Ricard. Um, 
<laughs> it's just right awkward. Uh, we're going streaking. Do you guys think KFC's still open? Uh, this is one of my favorite comedy movies of all time, and Will Ferrell is maybe not even the funniest part of the movie, which is, like, that's saying something. Uh, this is a incredible comedy trio, I might add, too. The three of them. Oh, Luke yeah. Wilson, Hands down. Vince Vaughn, uh, Will Ferrell. Never all three of them get together in another movie that I'm aware of, anyway, um, for more than, like, a, a scene or two. Uh, which is kind of a shame, because this is like, you know what I mean? Like, if there should be like a Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn movie where Will Ferrell's in it for like a couple scenes or something, or you know, if yeah. he was like working at the store in the internship I, with Will Ferrell, you know, I'm gonna go on a limb here and say Luke Wilson's the uh, the loose link on that uh, trilogy. So. Yeah, Will Luke. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever done a Vince Vaughn film since. So Luke Wilson hasn't done much recently, and he's, I up, he's in something coming up though. Good. I saw something. About he should him. be. Um, I'm. I love Luke Wilson. The guy's awesome. I gotta know now. I'm gonna look it up. Man, I just saw this. Like, I don't know what it is to that commercial, like that Colgate commercial or whatever it is. Crest. It's like a toothpaste commercial, and he's like up in everyone's face, and he's like in the elevator there talking to like his uh, his boss there, Mister Takahashi or something like that, and he's like, and like goes on about something. The guy just looks at him. I like your confidence. Thanks, Mister Takahashi. It's a hilarious commercial. There you go. Yeah. Um, I was kind of wrong. Um, he's not in something coming up. He was just in something. Zombieland 2. I went and saw oh. that in theaters. Oh. Um, so. Oh. How yeah. was it? It was really good. Good. I was really surprised. I'm really excited. I, I, very, I loved the first surprised. one. Yeah. So. Zombieland is a classic, man. Yeah. That is a fucking awesome movie. Yeah. No. Great. Good. Fantastic. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I knew they would nail it, too, because the actors that are in it are not going to commit to a second one unless it's good. Ten years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, fucking Emma Stone has shit to do, man, yeah. you know? Um, stick around uh, after the first little bit of credits, because there's a juicy little okay. nugget there. So Bill Murray back? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, That'd be great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Old, old school, anything else there for you? I'm good. You're good. Okay, my number two. Um, I know you're going to bring it up, so. Uh, number two. Uh, I, I turn it over to... Dick Pepperfield, uh, as we go back to semi-pro. Oh, I didn't even realize you hadn't mentioned it yet. Yeah. Uh, cool. David Cochner back again with Will Ferrell. Apparently those two like to team up a lot. So oh, yeah. What, what is he, the commissioner into the league? He's the commissioner. Jesus. Yeah, hilarious. Jackie, you're... Uh, that's a live bear. Yeah, I'm going to wrestle it. You know that's a live bear, right, Jackie? Oh, I know. I know. I'm going to get in there. It's going to be great. Uh, you know, I'll just tap out. We'll get the money. The, the scams he thinks to pull off to try to get money is fucking hilarious. What was, what was the hot dog thing? If, if they, if they had, a, had a certain amount of points in the game, yeah. everyone gets free hot dogs. Yeah. and Something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely hilarious. And there were no hot dogs to give. No hot dogs to give because yeah. they were never going to come anywhere close to that total. And somehow, I don't know what happens, but it, hilarious. I love the scams in that film. It is a good movie. We're going to give you a half million dollars if you can hit this shot from half court. Fuck yeah. Guy's just right out Buddy, there. yeah. Nails it. Where's my check? <laughs> my giant check. Funny story about that guy that plays that, uh, that, the, like the, the hippie there that wins the, the shot. Yeah. He plays the, the he plays George Noyce in, uh, Shutter Island. The guy that he finds, like, in the little jail there below the, below the, below the facility. Who had initially burned down his house. 
Oh, okay. You remember that scene? Vaguely. I've that's, only seen the film that's once. That's the guy. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really interesting weird. to see like a, like a guy like in a hilarious scene like that who like a couple years later plays like one of the more disturbing scenes in one of the more disturbing movies I've ever seen. Yeah. You know? No, definitely. Is that a Martin Scorsese movie? Mm, it's got Leo in it, so I'm inclined to say yes. <laughs> yeah. Managed to convince Mark Ruffalo and Leonardo DiCaprio to work together, so. Okay. Um, yeah, anything else on Semi-Pro? Nah. You're you, good? You kind of covered most of it there earlier. Great film, though. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, number ones. Yeah. Our number ones. I can't imagine that there's going to be a movie... Uh, that hasn't already been mentioned. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, I already know the answer on one of them. Uh, you did mention my number one, which is the other guys. Nice. Uh, as Alan Gamble. Did yeah. You, did you not have Step Brothers then? Uh, Step Brothers was my number three. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the Other Guys is great. It's a classic. Uh, I think arguably one of the best comedy movies ever made. It might have cracked my top ten when we did that last year. I don't remember. Like I, I th- but I think it is a, a masterpiece. It is probably one. Of, it is one of the best comedy movies of the last ten years. There's not much else that stands out to me. Like the other guys is pretty high up there. So, yeah, it is a pretty much flawless comedy movie with a great duo, uh, filled with other good duos. You know, you got your Rock and and Samuel L. Jackson for a couple scenes. You got uh, Damon Wayans Jr. with uh, Rob Riggle there. You know, it's filled with great duos. Uh, He loves you very much, Francine. Somehow convinced Eva Mendez to play uh, Mark Wahlberg's wife, or uh, Will Ferrell's wife. It's a a great movie. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, big fan. Uh, I I know I've already mentioned that, but... uh... Martin Scorsese did direct Shutter Island, by the way. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. It sounds about right. Um, you like Shutter Island? I do. I've just... I've. It's one of those films where I've saw it. I liked it. I just never went back to it. Nice. So, I've, I've seen that about 15 times. Yeah. I love that one. Um, now, just, just quickly, because this is something that I do know about Will Ferrell before I get to my, my number one film, is that he's never been a big guy that likes to do sequels mm-hmm. in his career. With the sequels of Anchorman... And Daddy's Home. Do you think we get an, uh, another guy's too? Do you think that's... There has been talk about it. Yeah. I know that for sure. Do you sure. think it's going to happen? Do you want it to happen? Fuck yeah, I do. Okay. I don't I don't even care. I'd rather, I'd rather see it and them fuck it up than for it to never happen. I will take another attempt. I'll take my chances. Because, like, here's the thing, too. I was thinking about it today. Another reason I like the other guys, not to go off on, like, a huge tangent here, is because... I am 99% sure that that is an Adam McKay movie. Hmm. And Adam McKay has proven himself to be an incredible director and film writer. So I think if Adam McKay sat down and put his effort into making another one of these movies and writing another one of these movies, consulted with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg, uh, I have faith that Adam McKay could make a great fucking sequel because uh, the guy has nailed it with every movie he's ever made. So... Fair. Like, even Vice, like, I know I kind of, it wasn't great, but he took a lot of risks in that movie, and I'm a big fan of the risks he took. Did you ever end up seeing that? Vice? Yeah. Vice, yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Fun. Like, the whole thing where they ro- roll the fake credits 45 minutes into the movie, like, the movie's ended now, and 
you know, like the the Cheneys never entered the public eye again, kind of thing. The scene with the with the Shakespeare style monologues, and they're talking in just strictly like Shakespearean dialogue. Like it's unbelievable. It's a great movie in that sense. So I think if Adam McKay wanted to make another guys too, it would be great. Yeah, I I'm hoping for it. I'm a big fan. That'd be uh, that'd be fantastic. I'm down. My number one. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to ending the, the top tens here, so I'm trying to build some suspense. Yeah. Number one... Uh, oh, I already know what it is. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah. <laughs> Blue, you're my boy! <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> he sings... Uh, I can't remember the name of the opera, but he sings the opera uh, song there at Blue's wedding. Oh, no. He sings Dust in the Wind. Well, for all things, yeah, Dust in the Dust Wind, in the wind. At, at, yeah. Blue's, at Blue's funeral. Yeah, no, I was... My face was just... Uh, I forgot about a lot of other comedy movies that Adam McKay has done. Oh, okay. Uh, would you like to hear his track record of sure. major motion pictures? Uh, his directing debut was Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. He followed it up with Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Uh, then in 2008, he combined Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and did Step Brothers. <laughs> Then he did The Other Guys, then he did Anchorman 2, uh, then he did The Big Short, and then he did Vice. <laughs> so he's like 7 for 7. The guy is a fucking masterful filmmaker. All of those movies, including The Big Short and Vice, are hilarious too. So. Nice. Yeah. I'm down. Um, Snoop Dogg uh, only agreed to uh, perform in uh, Old School. So that he could get the part in Starting and Hutch as Huggy Bear. Just a little fun fun tidbit there for you. That's mint. Yeah. They had they had this the the big Mitchapalooza scene. Mitchapalooza. <laughs> they had like they had to like keep all those people like entertained. I'm worth five million dollars that the government knows about. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think I spent all this money for some, some fucking stupid college band? College band. Look at your ass, Mitch. Yeah. Just um, make sure you can see the stage. Yeah. Um yeah, apparently they like that that like whole crowd. There's like 300 people there, and they actually had to like keep those people there, like entertained and everything like that. So mm-hmm. like, hey, come do this, and we're gonna have like Snoop Dogg out. We might have Snoop Dogg. There. And Snoop Dogg's like, no, I don't want to do that. And they're just like, yeah, well, you want this part in uh, as Huggy Bear? Then you're gonna do this fucking scene where you just sing to a bunch of college kids at a big party. And that's how they got Snoop Dogg for that scene. So it's kind of cool, I guess. Hmm. A little tidbit there. I mean, there's only so many things I can talk about with old school because I think this is like the fifth time we talked about this movie on this dumb podcast. So I'm trying to think of new and exciting things to talk about, and uh, that that's, that's all I got. So hmm. uh, Frank the Tank, he's my boy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that takes us past the two hour mark. Um, okay. for this week's episode of Lace Up, a hockey podcast. Adam McKay's next movie is a movie about um, Elizabeth Holmes. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but uh, she essentially started a company um, and was expected to be the next Steve Jobs. Uh, she created a, or supposedly created a, um, I've seen a documentary about this, uh, created a machine that was going to revolutionize the way blood testing was done. Yeah. And yeah, you've, okay, yeah, you've seen it, uh, the, the documentary. Anyway, um, they are making a motion picture about that stupid bitch that, uh, that made that company. Uh, and there's only one confirmed star of the movie. It will be Jennifer Lawrence playing Elizabeth Holmes, so that'll be... This sounds unbelievable. All right. This, I'm fucking... I love it. I'm in. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, that's laced up for this week. I don't know how we ran that long this week. Felt like I I thought this was going to be a week like hour tops. Didn't really think there was going to be that much to talk about. Yeah. You throw in a top 10, you know, it it, it gets things going a little you, you bit. Throw you throw know? a Don Cherry rant in there, you're going to talk for a while. Yeah, I guess that was a bit of a long one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. You can find our stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Clomper, the place Portugal Radio. Now. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, like, we're not on serious satellite radio or anything yet, but, you know, who's to say? Yeah, we could be. We might not know about it. Channels 7697 laced up, and it'll just be, like, all of our episodes just, like, on a loop. JFK, Los Angeles. I don't want to listen to an episode from last March. Why don't you play the new one? Okay. Uh, you got anything Anything? Anything going on? Not a thing. No? No. Uh, I am planning to, I'm hoping it works out, to write an article on the North Side this week about why uh, Leafs fans should not be panicking about their start, uh, relating their record now to past Stanley Cup champions. Wow. Doing a little bit of a comparative analysis. Okay, so I look forward to that, I, actually. I am, I am hoping... That it all comes together because I've done uh, 30% of the research and it seems like everything's going to line up. But, yeah, maybe it won't. Took a real sharp left turn there, the uh, last 70%. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You never know. Yeah, Um, yeah. okay. Okay. Cool. Um, Yeah, bye. Yeah. All right. I'm telling you, this place is perfect. You're going to make friends in no time. Get me out of here! Just eat that! Leave us alone! Tell all your friends, make believe all around. Did you come down? I'll bet he finds me out. He said, leave your friends like a leaf on the ground. I was your friend, just to leave.
can 